Welcome to the Captain's Run with the great Cameron Smith. I tell you what, I mean, it is Christmas. It is truly Christmas. <laughs> we are less than seven days out from an orange, origin decider mm. in Suncorp Stadium. Now, a core stadium, great stadium, all good, but there's something special about having an orange, orange, orange also origin yes. decider mm. uh, at Suncorp Stadium, Smithy. Oh, it's so good. It, it, playing Origin at, at Suncorp Stadium, and g'day to all the listeners out there today. Um, playing just an, an Origin game at Suncorp is special, um, and I've been lucky enough to play a few there. But uh, when there's an opportunity to play a decider, it, there's nothing bigger. Mm. There is nothing bigger. And, and I was talking with um, earlier in the, uh, the week about, you know, playing at various stadiums, not just around Australia, but mm. in the world, you know, I've been very fortunate along with, you know, guys like Billy and, and JT um, to play at, you know, grounds like Wembley, wow. uh, Old Trafford, wow. which you know yes. very well being a, a soccer man. Yeah, absolutely. As a young fellow. When we, went, when we traveled for soccer, we actually got to get taken through Old Trafford. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. And we played Man United under 16s. Yep. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it, was, it was cool. It was a very good experience. But back to you, Smithy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and where oh Anfield, wow. we played Anfield, wow. um, 2016, the Four Nations Tour final. Um, but you know, it just getting back to Suncorp, you know, as far as you know, playing on those international stages, like to play a game of rugby league in in such a big match like a decider, mm. um, it it just does not get any better. From as a rugby league player, yeah, like there's just no atmosphere like it. Is there any decider that stands out for you personally where you could feel the tension the most and, you know, so much felt like it was on the line? Um, I remember, well, my final game, yeah. 2017. Yep. Um, and both from a, a team point of view and a personal point of view as well, mm. not knowing that was my last game. Yeah. But, um, you know, I felt that I hadn't co- contributed as much as I wanted to mm. to that, that series. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of chat in the media too. To about, Maroons. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I that I remember that game. I, I put a fair bit of sort of, um, I wouldn't, yeah, not not pressure, but I had a lot of expectation on myself to go out and, and play well that mm. game, but also the team. Yeah, you know, we we knew that we had to go out and 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 play. You know, one of the best games that we've played in a long time. Yeah, to be able to beat the Blues in that in that year. And I just remember the build up was just. I'd never been a part of an, an Origin build up like it. Mm. Game three, two thousand seventeen, yeah, well. and just I remember getting to the ground. There was the the people it was just chock a block mm. um, outside the stadium when we pulled up on the bus and and the roar that that erupted when we come out of the the tunnel yeah. to run on the field because you got to remember like state of origin there's the three ga- there's four games during the year where you don't get an opportunity to go out and warm up outside mm. and get a feel for the crowd yeah. get a feel for the atmosphere so it's the true. three origins and the grand final mm. so um, yeah it's 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 something that um, yeah, we've spoken about it, um, with the, with the Maroons. Uh, this camp is about you know enjoying the experience, enjoying what you're going to feel when you run out there because it's 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 unlike anything that you experience anywhere else. Yeah, wow. I mean, a much smaller uh, I guess occasion, but I remember in my second game of NRL was at Suncorp Stadium, mm-hmm. and it was in a, a derby versus the Gold Coast Titans. And so you know how the kickers and catchers run out first and yeah. do the kick and catch yeah. So <laughs> it's the first time I've ever run out to Suncorp. And it's a derby. So back then, derbies, yeah, Gokos were huge. Almost, nearly almost a sellout. Yep. Would have been 40,000. Mate, so as I'm running out, 
like it hits me and I literally, literally nearly trip over. <laughs> <laughs> and Stevie Michaels what? was like laughing at me. But it was just like, I would like, as I was running out, I looked just up and was like, holy, yeah. nearly tripped over like, um, you know, those like mats that yeah. like are on the thing before you hit out the grass. Yep. Yeah. Nearly tripped over. So that would have been good. My first run out of Suncourt. <laughs> That was that was a game where Lockie did the field goal and it oh, hit the post and that and went yeah. over. Hit that was it hit the upright, hit the crossbar. Yeah, I think and so. Over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, oh, wow. and so just just an example of like, I can't imagine. Do you almost feel the crowd because it's so loud? Like the sound, oh. can you like feel the sound? Like literally, it it's it whacks you in the face. Wow. And and the the noise that um, the entire stadium makes when um, you come out. So you. You're in the locker room. Mm. You get the call. Time to go out. And as you walk out, um, you, you come out of the dressing rooms and you you have to make a left hand turn. Mm. And as you turn, the sort of the, the lights of the stadium hit you. Yeah. And you can see people leaning over the tunnel. Yep. And as you come out a little bit, the sort of roof of the tunnel disappears and then it just opens oh. up to that um, eastern stand. Far out. And then as you you first get out, they, everyone gets a look at. Yeah, the Maroons coming out and just mm. goes bang, wow. and the noise like it just reverberates through your body. Far out. And I, I, talking about it now, getting I, like I'm getting, chills. I'm getting goosebumps. I'm getting chills. Far out. All over. But um, yeah, that 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 one, yeah. As I said, game three, two thousand seventeen stands out. Um, that was a game where it seemed like you made a really decided effort to run the wall. Was that something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that oh, that was uh, there was a few questions around my. Lack of running, you know, mm. throughout the first two matches. Mm. Um, but I, I knew, I knew after I finished game two that I knew already before we even started game three camp. Mm. We had to go back and play two games for Melbourne. Wow! And as soon as I walked off that A and Z, um, the turf of A and Z in game two, where yeah. JT kicked that goal to put us up by two, mm. to send it to a decider, I, I knew exactly what I needed to do for game three. Wow! Yeah, far so out. So I, I had it in my head, locked in. To a minute after the full time siren in game two, that I was going to be running the footy in game three. Far out, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it, it, I, I would love to see statistically whether, like, how much, like, was that the most you ever ran in a game? Because oh, I mean, pro- it was, it was oh, quite a lot. yeah, probably not. Yeah. Probably not. I think, um, I think there's probably matches earlier in my career where I would have done a lot more running, but yeah. I think, <clears throat> I think the difference in that game was that, um, yeah, the the times that I made the decision to run, mm. they, they were probably. More impactful. Yeah, so true. So true. I mean, wow, incredible. Uh, right. Thanks. Uh, welcome all our listeners. Uh, however you're tuning in, 1170 SEN in Sydney, 1620 SEN on the Gold Coast, 1053 in Brisbane. Uh, our Queensland listeners in the via the SENQ on DAB+, Plus, or you're listening via the SEN app, download the SEN app. If you aren't listening on it, give us a listen anytime. Plus, you can subscribe to us on Apple and Spotify. Pause it. Listen in a couple of days or next week, whenever you want, on Apple and Spotify. It's the captain's run. Make sure to subscribe. But, uh, look, the origin mm. teams have been selected. Mm. Everyone's locked in their sides. Mm-hmm. First of all, we'll do New South Wales side. Yep. Um, we'll talk about the biggest. Um, and, actually, for our listeners, Latrell Mitchell will most likely be joining us at a, a later date, a later time um, during the show. So mm-hmm. stay tuned for that. Latrell Mitchell is going to walk us through why he decided to – you know, call, say I'm going to make himself unavailable, which is going to be really exciting. Um, So make sure to stay tuned. Latrell Mitchell will be with us later in the show. 
But the biggest uh, talking point, or one of the biggest talking points at New South Wales, was Freddie has stuck with Crichton and Burton. Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, even Whiten is still only 18th man. Thoughts on this decision? Uh, I was a, I was a little bit surprised by this. Mm. Um, I spoke on uh, Vossi's show um, at the start of the week, and I and I I mentioned that I, you know, I was <laughs> quite confident that. Jack White would come straight back into mm. the 17 at least. Mm. Um, and it was going to be Sifa Talakai that, that come out of the lineup. Mm. Um, not, not because, you know, Talakai didn't play well in game two. Mm. You know, every, every player that played for the Blues played really well in that match over in Perth. Um, I just thought off the back of <clears throat> Jack Whiten's performance in game one, who was, you know, possibly their best player. Um, and then... Uh, just his his um, yeah ability to play in several different positions across the park, like every, nearly every position in the back line he can play. Yeah, and also you know, a bit of back row, or even chuck him in at thirteen. He he plays that physical, aggressive style of footy. Mm. I just I thought he was going to be a lock um, for their seventeen. Yeah, but he, he's put him at eighteenth man, and but things things can change. Do you think there's a chance that he could squeeze him in before kickoff? Absolutely. Because he has, he did that game one. With, didn't squeeze an eighteenth man in, but he no, he made, made two changes. Yeah, yeah he, he he took um, a couple of his starting ruck players and, and put them on the bench, and the interchange players come in. So, mm. um, yeah, look, I I think there quite possibly could be a change, um, but you know, I, again, where we prepare for everything, mm. um, yeah, we just make note of of the players that are in their squad and the possibility of some late changes. Mm. So we're aware of it. Yeah. Um, but once we're aware, we're aware of that, it's most of our focus has been on on what we can do to be better for, for game three. Yeah. It is a, a really – it's tough because you when you look at the score of game two, you mm. go, oh, wow, that was a you know quite a substantial loss. But yep. then you don't want to go down the route of changing too much because you go back to game one and say, boys, we've got the job done yeah. at a core stadium yeah, with that's this right. squad. Yeah, that's right. And, and I think that's why, that's why Bill um, and the selectors stuck with – the same side or the same squad mm. um, that we've had in the first two matches mm. is that, you know, when you look at a – you can look at a loss and, and a loss with that particular scoreline mm. in game two and go, well, geez, we made – like, we got to make some serious changes here if we're yeah. a chance in game three. But then you got to go, hang on a minute. Well, this same team, they went to Sydney mm. where – the record isn't great for Queensland. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, it's a really tough place to have a win. And mm-hmm. they went down there and played really well. Yeah. They played really well. Absolutely. And, and got a, a, one of the toughest wins Queensland have, has ever had down there in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got the job done. So, you know, why why then have some mass changes for blokes that you know have done the job before? Mm. Um, you know, so... Yeah, Billy and the selectors—they've they've backed the boys in. Um, the only the only change, the, the one forced change we've had to make was obviously Felice Kafusi being unavailable. Mm. Um, and yeah, we wish him and his family all the best with his um, his father being quite ill still mm. overseas. Um, but um, yeah, Jeremiah and I takes that spot on the right edge, and uh, Tommy Gilbert, which we'll yeah we'll touch on a little, little bit later with the Queensland side. He gets his opportunity to, to make his debut for Queensland. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's going to be re- – honestly, I'm so excited. Now, uh, so the, the centre's position, do you – the Latrell situation. Mm. I really respect it. 
I, I yeah, thought it was absolutely. a really selfless act by him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everyone knows Luttrell is, is probably one of the biggest competitors in our game. Like, mm. we know he loves the origin. I mean, we're talking about the same Luttrell as a young teenager picking out Will Chambers and going, let's go, boys. Let, yeah. You know, let's let's have a crack. Yeah. That's how much he loves the origin arena. Mm. Um, I personally thought it was fantastic. I thought it was um, exactly probably what the Blues needed in the sense of it took away a lot of chat, a lot of media. Mm-hmm. But I will say, on the flip side of that, do you think New South Wales potentially, now, I, again, they've got plenty of game breakers, but th- there is argument to be made that Game 3, Suncorp, they need something special. Latrell could have provided that just game-breaking special moment. Do you think they mm. may miss that or may not miss that? They've got enough game breakers as it is. Yeah, look, I think you know, coming off their Game 2 performance, I think they'll be pretty confident mm. that they've got the team to to go up there and, and play well mm. um, and get a good result. Um, you know, if, you, if you're looking sort of X-factor players, then, I don't know, maybe you're thinking Matt Burton. Yeah. Know, with the way he come in and he was able to put up some of those big spiral bombs and, and made a bit of a difference. Honestly. Uh, <laughs> Nightmare. To, to their side and just it gave Queensland something else to think about. Mm. Um, you know, so, but on the Latrell thing, and, and hopefully we get to speak to him a little bit later, I absolutely respect his decision. Mm. Like he's played one game of rugby league in three months. Yeah. So you know, I don't, I don't blame him for. Hey, like, it's unfortunate that a lot of people look down on the decision. Mm. Like, oh, why should, why should you make yourself? Why should you be able to make yourself unavailable? And mm. but just put it into context. Mm. Like, the blokes only played one game in twelve week in twelve weeks. Mm. Um. He may feel that he's not up to origin. Mm. And if he goes in there, like he could easily put his hand up, yeah, okay, I'll play. Mm. Goes in there and, you know, has a howler. Then then what are the critics saying? They're having a go at him. It's all oh, his selfish. Fault. Yeah. Selfish. Shouldn't have put his hand up. Shouldn't yeah. have played. Crazy. So he's obviously feeling, hey, look, they're coming off a really good win. Mm. Um, yeah, they they'd be confident. If I go in there and am I gonna am I at my best right now? Probably not. Mm. Like having played one game. Yeah. Again, in 12 weeks. Yeah. It's impossible, pretty much. You can't be at your best. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good a player you are. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, he's probably thinking, look, I don't want to go in there, interrupt something that they've built over, you know, game two. Mm. Um, you know, they've got some good things going in there. They've got some um, stability with their footy side. Mm. If I go in and change, the, change things up, is that going to jeopardise what they're trying to do for game three? So absolutely applaud what he's what he's doing. And as a Queenslander... <laughs> You don't want the big fella angry oh, in Suncorp Stadium. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, yeah, I, I agree, mate, with everything you said. Uh, it's just he's in a no-win situation. Like, mm. And also, like, I think, no, just a personal opinion on the situation, if a bloke doesn't want to play for his state, I don't want him playing for the state. You know what I mean? This whole, like, ruling yourself out thing. Oh, that's right. It's like if you don't want to play, you should not be playing for the state. Like, yeah. what, in what crazy world are we going to – who, first of all, who doesn't want to play for the state? It's not going to become a problem where we're all going to be sitting here in a couple of years going, yeah. oh, no, everyone's ruling themselves out. It's like, are you serious? No. Everyone would play. Half, I honestly reckon most of the boys would play for free. That's yes. how big the, the occasion is. Yeah. Obviously, they shouldn't, but yep. they would. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, mate, I, I, don't get the, I don't get the backlash of, mm. that he's copped from some people saying, yep. you know, like it's ridiculous and whatnot. But he knows, he, he knows the position that he's in physically and mentally and um, – you know, maybe he's making the decision for for his fellow New South Welshman. Yeah, that he absolutely. feels as though it, it, they'd be better off without him right now. Mm. Oh, mate! Absolutely. You know, if he's fully fit, no dramas. Yeah, mate, he'd be in there. 
Anyway. Um, and also, you have to remember with Latrell is not only has he only played one game in like three months, mm. before the season, like at the end of last season, he missed the end of the whole season. So he's really played in the last yeah, like six right. months. Yeah. You're looking at like four or five games. Not a lot. Maybe even in longer, like seven, eight months. You're looking mm. at four or five games. Mm. That's that's a very small amount of games of footy. Mm. Now, on to the other absolute. This, this, to me personally, was a bombshell. Not because he doesn't deserve it. I think he's been absolutely slaving away up north. Mm. But Jordan McLean comes all the way into the starting side, mm. which is really interesting because RCG, who I thought didn't put a foot wrong. In game one. In game one. Mm. Can't even make it back into the side. Really interesting yeah. selection. Thoughts on the McLean yeah. Well, that, I think that's the that's the strange part of the selection for me, mm. um, and I think for most people is that um, Regan Campbell Gillard plays game one and, mm. and played quite well. Yep. Gets left out for game two, um, and then and then there's a whole new prop brought in for game three. Mm. Who's mm. playing his first? I know he's part. I know Jordan McLean was part of uh, the game two squad. Yeah. That went to Perth. But this is his first game of the series. Mm. Um, so him him being picked, I'll, I'll start off by saying this, him being picked uh, is well-deserved. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's been part of the New South Wales um, sort of squads or systems over the last couple of seasons. Mm. Um, so he's been, been in and around the team. Uh, he's played for the Kangaroos already. Mm. Okay, so he, he, he knows what rep footy's all about. He's played in some big games for the Melbourne Storm um, and performed really well. And he's just been a little bit unlucky after leaving the storm. He had some pretty significant um, injuries, particularly I think he, I think he had like a Liz Frank injury. Oh, really? His foot, so oh, yeah. he missed a lot of football. But watching him this year, Kempi, mm. um, it re- it's taken me back to those those couple of seasons he had at Melbourne, sixteen and seventeen, mm. where he was one of the premier props in the competition, mm. and th- and that's when he got an opportunity to play for the Kangaroos in the two thousand seventeen yep. World Cup. Mm. When yeah you know, he was he was going really well, end up signing with the Cowboys, left the club at the end of that year. Mm. Um, but you know from from a just a personal point of view from Jordan McLean, absolutely deserves to be playing for the Blues. Mm. I think he's been playing fantastic for the Cowboys. They got a huge representation this year, nice. they, the Cowboys, and it's just a it's a reward and a reflection of how they're going as a team yep. and as a club. Um, but the strange part of that is mm. you have a prop. In RCG playing game one and played quite well. Mm. Gets left out of game two and then bring in a whole new bloke for game three. That's the strange part. Yeah, but, absolutely. But, you know, there's a there's a method to the madness, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So we had a look at this uh, on Monday's show. Actually, just quickly before I get uh, continue on, I will be outside the stadium, game three, with the NRL doing a live stream, the Caxton Street side. So if you're walking down from the Caxton Street... You'll see myself interviewing fans, New South Wales, Queensland. So come down and say hi because um, it's going to be a great night. And also make sure to tune in because the next day, myself and Smithy, now if, if they if, – look, if Queensland, if Queensland get a win, we can't promise Smithy Might will be there. Might be a no-show. You know what? I'll do my best. I'll do my best. I'll I take you back to my war stories in that one game I played for Queensland. I wouldn't, uh, mate, I wouldn't leave you hanging. <laughs> I might, I might make the last 10 minutes. <laughs> hey, mate, that's enough. That's enough. But make sure to tune in because we'll be reviewing uh, the, the, the massive game three. Uh, but, yeah, with Jordan McLean, we, we, looked, we actually looked at, like, we were looking for reasons like, okay, it is, he has been playing well, but why would he get put in over RCG? But if you actually look at his stats defensively, mm. he's one of the best defensive 
uh, front rowers in the competition. Yep. He's only missed 12 tackles all season. Yep. And I think, and Freddie came out and said, when you like he actually came out and explained the selection. He said, when you look at uh, statistics, mm. McLean, that's why he's kind of been selected. So I think McLean has been selected purely for that first 20 minutes of like tough defense, mm. no holes in the, the line, similar to Jake Trevojevic. Because he's like, you would say, you know, Trevojevic, his asset is his defense, yep. like 100%. Yeah. Um, and Jordan McLean, so obviously he's gone in the direction of defense. It's going to be really interesting to see how many minutes he gets mm. um, because Junior Bolo actually played a significant amount last game. Yeah. Um, now, onto the bench, we've got uh, thoughts on, do you think, and I know we've kind of spoken about it, but mm-hmm. Talakai on the bench, do you think Whiten could squeeze his way into that spot? Or like, like mm. what are the chances of that? Do you oh, think? look at Oh, I'm not too sure on the chances, but mm. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened, Kempi. Yeah. I, it wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you look at game two, Talakai ended up getting, what, 15 minutes? Might not even less. That. Yeah, it was, 12, it was like, honestly, it was like very, very little. 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think, you know, with, with a guy like Talakai on, on the bench, it's sort of, you're just looking for an opportunity, if one presents itself, to get him on the field. Um, maybe if he needs to get him on there for just a... Yeah. Sorry, 17 minutes. Sorry, yeah, mate. 17 right. minutes. Yeah. Like a, just a little burst of um, chaos. You throw him out there and just say, hey, mate, just go mad for 15, 17 minutes. Yeah. Um, whereas I think if you look at a Jack White, he just he may just cover a few more positions positions and, and options. Um, but at the same time, like you don't want to be taking someone on onto the bench for the what if moments, hundred um, yeah. percent. You know, so it just depends on on their the the blue strategy with the way they want to work their interchange. But I guess the hard thing for the the hard thing for the for them going into game three is what they what they went with in game two worked so well for them. Yeah. So you don't want to start mucking around with things going into a game three when mm. the previous match you played it it worked so well for yeah. them. Absolutely. So. Um, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we are going to be reviewing the Queensland selections. Some huge, huge selections, some huge calls. Mm. Going to get Smithy thoughts on it. Make sure to call in, guys. 1300-01-1170. Ask us all of your uh, footy questions. That's 1300-01-1170. Or give us a text, 0457-736-736. Ask us your footy questions. We'll be reading out texts. We'll be giving out prizes, all that good stuff. See you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We got a thousand texts here, Smithy. A thousand texts. What do we got, mate? Hey, boys, love the show. Not only one game in 12 weeks for Latrell since suspension, three games in nine months. Props to Latrell. Took a bigger man to stand down. That's from Simo. He says, South Sydney till he dies. Yeah, good point. Um, really good point, Simo. Appreciate the uh, the message, mate. Here, hi, fellas. Just a question for Smithy. Which rookie out of the three camps has impressed you the most? Also, how is Tom Gilbert in camp getting ready for his origin debut? No, he's been good. Uh, we've only had a couple of sessions. We're out in Warwick, actually. We might touch on that after the, okay. the next break when we yep. talk about the Queenslanders. But um, that was a good trip. But no, he's been really good. And he's been in great form for the Cowboys, Tommy Gilbert. Um Great inclusion for the Maroons. And Rookie, has impressed you across the three camps? Ooh. Um, I've been impressed with uh, a lot of the guys, but but Ruben Cotter was outstanding game one. Only got to play the one match. Mm. But, um, mate, Paddy Carrigan. He's good, isn't he? Oh, he's so good. Mate, Just, Broncos. Give him well, a lifetime deal. Loves his footy, yeah. right? Is, is Thinks about his footy. Mm. Um is great vocally around the group. Only a young man still. Yeah, 23, 24. Um, you know, and uh, I see him as a well, – well, he's captained 
Yeah, he's got the last seat year for the Broncos. Yeah, I could see him long term captain for that footy club. Absolutely, and, and potentially, okay, mm. and possibly in the future, Maroons as well. Wow, that's impressive. And yes, he's a Bronco. How good? How good? Uh, <laughs> now, uh, we've got a question from Adrian. He says, why hasn't Billy Slater been asked straight up why Josh Papali'i has been restricted to a meager 40-odd minutes out of a possible 160 minutes? Mm. Big Papa is way out of form, and for mine, flagless should be in for him. Not using Papali'i to his full capacity impacts on the team in a negative sense. Adrian. Well, I don't know if that's actually the case. It has a negative effect on, on the team. Mm. I think, um, yeah, we've got players there that can play big minutes. Yeah. And... Um, Big Joshy, he's he's there to to make an impact when he's on the field, and his role is just he's been asked to just go as hard as he can for as long as he can, mm. and when he's tired, we'll give him off for a break. Yeah, okay. So, um, you know, I think if you think back to his first carry in Origin One, he knocked Isaiah Yo out. Yo, ouch. Um, should have come from the field, but he stayed on. Yeah, yeah. We move on. Um, and last game, a lot of. Um, Big Papa's work, was, it was just done through defence and a lot of his carries were just from his own end. Mm. Um, and yeah. it was just, if you if you look at the entire game by, by Queensland, it was just all defensive, hard-running yardage stuff Yeah, with no good ball stuff where you have a bit more energy. So let's hope we start a bit better this game um, and we get a bit more quality football for Big Papa and he can get a few more minutes in him. Now we're going to head to a break. After the break, we are going to review Queensland's selection for Game 3. Welcome back to the captain's run with the great Cameron Smith. Now, Smithy, we've had some selections for game three. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, stuck solid, stuck solid. Let's start with the wings first of all. Um, you know, me personally, I thought Corey Oates was probably pushing strong for a selection. Yep. What was the thought process to stick with the young fellas, uh, Taulangi and yep. Selwyn Cobber? Yeah, well, they, they both had you know some pretty uh, difficult moments in, in the second game, um, particularly with a couple of high balls mm. that New South Wales put up. Oh. Nightmare balls. Uh, yeah, a couple of nightmare balls. I, I don't think there'd be a winger in the competition that would Yuck. have caught that Burton spiral. Yuck. But um, anyway, they 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 dropped a couple that they that they should have caught, mm. and and that was part of the review. Um, the boys know that, and so they're working hard on on uh, making sure that they that they fix those things that they didn't get quite right in in uh, in game two. But I thought our 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 kick pressure was down as well. Yeah, for, absolutely was. All right, so it's it's no excuse. It's no excuse for our 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 back three, but we didn't help them out mm. by um by the lack of kick pressure um on on the Blues kickers. So um you know that's that's something that we need to look at as well. Um, but you know I think again going back to the point of hey let's let's not forget that you know, well Selwyn played in game one and mm. and without. You know, having those sort of brilliant moments mm. that we've seen sort of nearly every week for the Broncos, he didn't get too many of those opportunities in game one, but he mm. did a lot of hard physical work. And we, you know, we, he was really good from the backfield. Mm. And when we say backfield, you're talking about, you know, coming off your own line, having some really tough carries. Yeah. Um, and they and, were hunting him too. They and, were hunting him. Yeah. And they, they, were, they were, mate. And, and the one thing you don't want to do is go, you know, have one loss and all, all of a sudden go, oh, mate, Easy decision, chuck the rookie out. Mm, you know, yeah. And and you got to remember, like, he he's he like his his profile has exploded, mm. exploded this year. Yeah. Okay. And and so like you you got to remember, he's only a, a, a young man. Mm. Um, he's played a handful of first grade games. All of a sudden, he's playing in um, the highest intensity rugby league you can play, mm. um, playing state of origin, and he he must feel a little bit of pressure. Yeah. So the the 
the um, the challenge for him, and and also, you know, us as coaches, is to make sure that he gets to game three in the best possible mental state where, um, you know, whether there's pressure or expectation on him to go and play well, he's in an environment where he just understands his role and he, mm. and he can go out and play his best footy. Yeah. And we're backing him. Yeah. We're backing him. That's why he's there. And yeah. so is Murray Tuolungi. Mm. He went back to club footy Murray Tuolungi and was outstanding for the Cowboys. Yeah. They, I mean, they both really did respond, which yep. is what you want to see in a young player. That's right. I think also, you know, if you if you find the right person that buys into a team's culture and like, let's say... Yeah, like let's assume uh, Talungi and Selwyn are the right guys. I, I believe they are. Mm-hmm. I think that like by sticking loyal to them and saying, okay, you didn't have the best game, game two, mm-hmm. but we're going to stick with you. you. You build a lot of loyalty and yeah. uh, respect out of that with the young fellas. Yeah, and I think what you do also is you 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 build belief. Mm. You build belief in those young men. Yeah, that that they like. Hey, well, these guys trust us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we we're going to go out and play our best footy. Um, now, now there was like I don't know if it was internal, and I, I'm sure you could shine a light on this, but there was a bit of chat about Dane Gagai being under a bit of pressure. Was that all just external noise? Was he always kind of? No, I think that was I think that was um, a lot of external noise. Mm. Um, you know, and and I think Dane would be the first person to put his hand up and say, again, he he didn't have the best of game two mm. performances, um, but again, he wasn't the lone ranger. Yeah, you know, um, so. But I think a lot of the things that went wrong for players individually in game two for Queensland, mm. a lot of that was attributed to the way the team played. Mm. Okay. So yeah. it's like we're playing a team sport. It's not an individual sport where you go out and it's just you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the stuff that you perform is, um, yeah, it's it's a combination of, <clears throat> sorry, the, the the decisions you make and the actions you perform on the field, but also mm. what happens around you as well. Yeah. Like you understand that as particularly as a winger. For sure. A lot of the things, a lot of decisions you make, you know, as a winger or, or a centre mm. um, is dictated to what happens inside you. Yeah. Particularly in defence. Absolutely. So I think as a team, you know, the guys understand that it wasn't a great team performance. Mm. And although there was a tremendous amount of effort mm. that went into that match, I don't think we played overly smart football. Mm. We didn't really think about our footy too much, like we did in game one. Where yeah. We played a smart game. Absolutely. Um, we were able to to handle different situations, mm. whereas in Perth, I just don't think we had that same mindset or same attitude, yeah. particularly particularly comparing it to the Blues, where um, it was do or die for them. Yeah. They had to play the way they played mm. to be any chance of taking this series to a game three. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's so it's so important to to stress that like as a center winger, even as a three in defender, as a half, like if your four in doesn't get to a certain point on the field, it mm-hmm. stretches numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, if if it looks, especially at Origin, you're trying to build combinations. So like a perfect example is sometimes like I, I was outside Justin Hodges at the Broncos for a lot of wasn't for very long, but for a period of time. <laughs> yep. And Hodger had this like little trait that he would like dummy to jam in. And yeah. so, so sometimes yeah. I would go, oh, and I would react straight to it. <laughs> and so I'd come flying in and then he would like, so he would dummy to go in. So he'd take a few steps forwards and then he would start backing off. He'd back off, yeah. And it takes time to learn those inside yes. combinations with each other and yep. go, okay, Hodges likes to dummy. Whereas like when I was outside Darius Boyd, he was very like by the book, stay square, 
If we jam, we jam. If we slide, we slide. Yep. Um, so it's all about timing and, and building combinations, which hopefully uh, Dane and DC E are going to do this uh, this game. Mm-hmm. Now on to uh, probably not the probably the biggest call I'd say out of all the, all the players, if I'm being honest, from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah and I brought off the bench to start yep. um, instead of, say, a veteran like Arrow or even, um, yeah, probably Arrow would be the guy that you'd be looking at. What, yep. what was the thought process behind that? Oh Well, he's been playing extremely well for mm. the Cowboys and he, and he starts there for the Cowboys. So mm. I think maybe giving giving him an opportunity in that familiar starting um, spot yep. where, you know, things are – it's it, it's a lot different now off the bench. Mm. Like it's it's a it's a particular role that you need to be able to play. Mm. Um, whereas yeah, uh, it's a, it's the same um, sort of situation for him now, where he's starting. He gets straight into the match from the first kickoff, whether mm. Queensland receive or kick off, um, and also um, just his ability um, that 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 game breaking ability that mm. he has. Yeah. Um, both defensively to come up with some good decisions. Um, some big tackles, and also, like, he can sniff out a try. It's crazy. Unbelievably for a back row. Honestly. Unbelievably. He's on, like, what, 13 tries or something? Yeah, yeah. And, like, just loves, you know, just loves chasing kicks. Mm. Yeah. So um, that's that's the main reason. And Mm. his performances at club level have been rewarded. Yeah. And, like, we mentioned earlier about, you know, the Cowboys and the representation they have in both sides. Mm. Um, Chad Townsend joining. Yeah, um, I was going to bring that up a bit in a bit. Chad uh, Townsend, the Blues, you know, but it just that's reward for mm. playing consistent good footy for your club every week. Yeah, absolutely. The, the Cowboys, oh man, uh, Toddy Payton, he must be uh, obviously the job is not done and they've still got a season to, I guess, uh, complete. But mm. he must be absolutely wrapped for the boys that you know they've oh, come so far. Absolutely, so far, absolutely. Um, now, uh, outside of that, uh, the great Munster. How's, how's his body? <laughs> was he telling Porkies about his shoulder or what? What's going on here? Well, what was the reporter? What did we hear? It was a grade three AC. I'll tell you what it was. It was grade three carry-on. <laughs> that's what it was, Cappy. <laughs> Munster's good for a bit of carry-on, oh, that's for yeah, sure. mate, he's good for a bit of carry-on, particularly when he gets a little knock in, the, in a game. But, um, no, nah, he's fine. He's fine. He mm. um, No, nah, he joined the he joined the squad Monday, mm. um, and he uh, he trained yesterday. He had he trained the full session, okay. So he's good to go. Yeah. How was uh, Warwick? You went out with the. No, yeah. So it was good, mate. Yeah. No. So we we, we try and make a um, a point of um, visiting one regional um, city or town in Queensland um, each series. Okay. Um, this time around, it, it was Warwick, and uh, we 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 went out to Warwick. We chose Warwick because um, of the recent um, floods that, that they they'd suffered through mm. um, earlier in the year, much like um, parts of northern New South Wales. Mm. Um, the Darling Downs area, they copped a fair bit of rain earlier this year and uh, they the, the, the city was flooded um, and the junior footy club as well, um, the Warwick Cowboys, mm. they they uh, they were underwater. Yeah, so they yeah. had a lot of their facilities and, and obviously the grounds were damaged. So we thought it would be a good opportunity to go out there. Um, we did a bit of fundraising for them mm. um, on, on, um, on Tuesday night. So that was great. All the locals... Um, Come in and and um, yeah, put their hands in the pockets to raise you know much needed funds for for the town and the junior footy club. And then we uh, we we got up yesterday morning, um, and the boys and all the coaches were involved in a, a street parade. Um, wasn't great weather; um, <laughs> it was really cold um, and raining. Oh. But um, everyone from Warwick and and surrounding towns, mm. I must I ran into a few people that drove from Roma. 
Wow. Like it was a three, four-hour drive. Oh, and and from other, you know, smaller towns yeah. in, in the region, they drove, you know, a, at least a couple of hours to come and just see the boys. How good. Which so was great, good. you know. Yeah. And the boys were very appreciative and grateful um, for, you know, the locals' efforts to come yeah. out and see them. Um, but on top of that, it's just – it's a nice reminder for the players that these these are the people you're representing. Mm. These are the people you're playing mm. for. Yeah. Um, Come next Wednesday. It's, yeah. it's not. It's bigger than just a game of footy. Mm. Okay, when you're out there, yeah, you, your mind's on the job and you're playing a game of rugby league and whatnot. But that's what. That's why Origin is so special. Mm. Is because yeah, you're representing a mass amount of people. Mm. Um, same as New South Wales. Yeah. But um, it, it's a nice reminder that you know when you look at these people from these particular towns and the challenges that they go through mm. day to day yeah. in their life, mm. um, and the resilience that they show. And and the camaraderie that they show for their fellow Queenslanders, mm. um, they're the type of things that the players need to take into mm. the game on Wednesday night. Yeah, there's going to be tough periods of the match mm. where they're going to have to be resilient. They're going to have to be mentally tough, and they're going to have to be willing to sacrifice things for their fellow teammate mm. if they're to get a positive result for their team. It's, it's as I get further away and become, I guess, more of a fan rather than an ex-footy player you start to realise how important games like, you know, the yeah. Cider. For example, you know, families out of Warwick had, an, and all country towns around that area have had mm. an extremely tough year. Mm. If, if their state is to get a win, oh. it, it, the happiness that can bring, oh, mate. A, a, they're just searching for some kind of happiness yeah. in a tough year. Yeah. can be immense. Yeah. And then to, it can make a, a huge difference to, you know, not just you know the day they wake up on the Thursday, but for the rest of this year, yeah, and absolutely. the way they feel about themselves as a Queenslander, mm. and um, you know, I think that's that's something I used to think about a lot. Eh, when when we used to play, and and particularly you know that that team was lucky enough to you know go on that sort of a run. Like we always used to think about, you know, just just have a in the back of your mind, just think about you know Queenslanders on Thursday morning waking up with a big smile on their face, yeah. When they when they first open their eyes Thursday morning, wherever they are in Queensland, it might be way up north, might be out in the west, might mm. be you know the farmers and whoever it is, the guys in the big cities, they they wake up Thursday morning with a big smile on their face, thinking, mm. "How good is it to be a Queenslander?" Mate, well, you saw me game one. I couldn't stop smiling. <laughs> I couldn't stop smiling. Um, so I'm feeling you, yeah. Smitty. I'm feeling you. Now we're going to head to a break. After the break, we'll talk about the great Tommy Gilbert getting his debut. We'll also talk about. Reese Walsh. Ooh. Wow. What's huge, happening? huge news. So we're going to head to a break, but make sure to text in 0457 736 736 or give us a call 1300 01 1170 and we'll see you on the other side. Time now to break down the best hands in the NRL. Thanks to Schnitz, the best hands in the schnitzel business. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with the great Cameron Smith. We've got best hands, thanks to Schnitz. And I also, I just want to thank Schnitz for making the best schnitties in all the land. Mm. Making my day better every single time I eat one. Uh, but this is uh, best hands, thanks to Schnitz. Uh, Smithy, what have we got here? Before we move on to that, can be great news. we got some Schnitz coming oh, after the yes. show. Yes. Big thank you to Tommy. Thank you, Tom. Good on you, Tom. Looked after us this week, mate. Thank you. And obviously, big thank you to Schnitties too. Can't wait. Uh, but uh, three, two, one, one point this week. Tolatau Cola, he's intercept um, oh. from Paps, um, Paps's kick. Wow. When he kicked it, sort of. Mm. Well, I think what he's trying to do was instead of like um, 
the Manly players trapping it. He's tried to put it through around knee height. Yep. But um, Kohler just stuck out the left mitt. Yeah. Took it one-handed and just went, thank you. See you later. And ran, what, 80? Yeah. 90? Look, maybe even 200 metres. Okay. It's maybe. a little bit over that. <laughs> um, I'm thinking I'm going to split the diff, 85. Okay, 85 um, minutes. If you want to check out exactly what meterage it was, go look at the replay. Uh, <laughs> but it was a long way. Yeah. But he just pinned it. Mate, how um, quick is he? And, and scored a try, which uh, Manly were on fire. Um, Except for that last 10 minutes, against, holy. Yeah. What did, they, did they concede three or four tries? I think it was like four tries in like literally five minutes. I actually, thought, like I actually thought I went in the DeLorean <laughs> back in time. And went, is this the Cowboys all over again? Yeah, I thought there might be a chance of that. Seriously. What the what happened? Anyway, they got the they got the two points against the storm, which was a great win. But yeah, um Tola great hands. Two points. Um after copying a high shot from Matty Burton, Siani Katoa planting the ball down in the in goal area um to score for the Sharkies, his second try. Um very good. He's a good player, Siani Katoa. Yep. Really, really rate him. He's a good solid winger. Mm. Um but three points goes to um, it was Isaiah Tass. He, he took uh, awful conditions, oh. awful conditions. Uh, took a crossfield kick from uh, a Jackson Paulo kick, um, and then great catch, mm. and then an offload to Joy Arrow um, in in the pouring rain. As I said, to score um, their second try of the match too. So mm. some awful conditions that teams played in on the weekend. But it just it just it doesn't stop them from playing this like unbelievable footy. Yeah, the skill set has just improved year on year. Seriously, yeah. incredible. That was best hands thanks to Schnitz. Bite in a golden, delicious handcrafted Schnitz after the break. We'll wrap up the first hour. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We've got some texts to get to, Smitty. Hey, Cam, when Kofusi was out, was Flegler a consideration? Why was a debutant from Cowboys chosen over Flegler? Yeah, no, Big Fleg was – he was certainly a consideration. He was part of the first two matches. Um and uh, very close, but um, yeah, Tommy Gilbert, he just has the ability to play both in the ruck and on an edge too. Mm. So um, I think just his diversity, mm. um, his ability to play a couple of positions for the Maroons, I think that's what get him, got him the opportunity to get one over Flegg there. But he's he's not far away, Flegg. Yeah. Well, he's played Origin before, right? Mm. But yep. he, he's not far off this, this current side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Flegler's development over the last 12 months has been outstanding. His impact for the uh, Brizzy Broncos this year has been yep. great. He's rounded out his game well. He's gotten out the, the mistakes of penalties and all that kind of stuff. Great offloader. Uh, but we're going to head to a break. After the break, we are going to go into a deep dive. Reese Walsh, Brizzy Broncos, Redcliffe Dolphins, New Zealand Warriors, all that stuff. Cameron Smith has run from dummy half and scores a grand final try. Welcome to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith and Denon Kemp on SEN. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Make sure to call in 1300-01-1170. Give us a call, ask us your origin questions. Text 0457 736 736. Now, huge news dropping yesterday. Now, it, it dropped over the 48-hour period, but it all got confirmed yesterday. Reese Walsh has signed with the Brisbane Broncos. He will join them in 2023. Mm. Now, the reason why it was so controversial was because obviously Reese Walsh still had a... Well, he had two years to run at the Warriors. The second year, so 2024, was a player option in his favour. So 2023, he was still contracted. Now, a couple of months ago, there was a lot of speculation about Reese Walsh potentially going to the Dolphins. Reese Walsh came out and he said, no, I'm committed to go back to New Zealand and play for the Warriors. 
Now, then he has come out now, and uh, circumstances have changed. The Warriors CEO has come out and said that in the last two months, circumstances have changed for Reese Walsh, mm-hmm. and that is why he can no longer come to New Zealand. The head of football came out and said that Reese Walsh has had a relationship breakdown and that basically his daughter will be in Australia and he doesn't want to leave his daughter. Yep. Uh, so that is the reason why some may be a bit surprised. Well, how come two months ago Reese was you know, keen to come back and how come now he, he wants to stay in Brisbane? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this is the head of football's words, not mine, but it was a relationship breakdown and yep. he wants to see his daughter. Um, which I think is a very reasonable thing. I can't expect any man would want to be away from his daughter if he didn't have to be. Any parent, yep. Um, And so that is the reason for this all happening. Now, there's a lot of outside noise because the Redcliffe Dolphins offered him a substantial deal, but this hasn't been confirmed, but reports suggest the Warriors and the Redcliffe Dolphins have issues right now. Right. And reports are that the Warriors uh, basically said you cannot go, but if you are to be released, it cannot be to the Dolphins. Essentially, oh. has to be to the Broncos. Okay. Um, now, I'm not sure exactly what the bad blood is. Now, there is the former uh, head of recruitment was at the Warriors. Now, he went to the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. So, there could be a connection there. Maybe Peter O'Sullivan. The, Peter O'Sullivan. Now, maybe the Warriors are a bit uh, frustrated that their, their head of recruitment went to another club and then was trying to recruit their star player to that club. Again, I don't have any uh, facts behind that. That's all pure speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, Reese Walsh signs a deal. Now, the estimated amounts are around 400k a year. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there were some floating around it was a million a season. I think that people have misread that. A million a season? Yeah, which is insanity. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, I no, think dis- it- no, no disrespect to Reese there at all. No way. But- I mean, he'll get there eventually. He's yeah. just not there yet. Mm. Uh, now, signs with the, the, the Broncos. First of all, thoughts on the Reese Walsh being released from the Warriors, Smithy? Yeah, well, if, if it's on those... Um, um, you know, family reasons or compassionate grounds, then that's yeah, you know, that's fair enough. Mm. Yeah, you know, as you just mentioned, Kemby, you you, you can't you cannot question any parents' desire to be where their child is or their children are. Um, you know, and so if he's to stay or to stick with the Warriors, that means he has to move to a you know New Zealand, mm. um, and uh, you know, spending a lot of time away from you know his child, then that's not a great place to be in. Mm. So, um, you know, I think that's, that's more than fair enough and it's great that the Warriors have been, yeah. um, you know, obliging in, in that situation mm. and, and fair enough too. Like, you know, like everyone's got their own situation and mm. understanding that if, if Reese was to stay, um, he certainly wouldn't be in you know, a great frame of mind. Yeah. You know, and, he, and, he, and he more than likely wouldn't be playing his, his best football um, mm. for the club if, if that was the situation he was in. He was separated from his child. Um so you know that that's that's it's for me that's um, that's that's great by the Warriors to do that and um, you know it's fair decision by Reese himself. Mm. Um, but for, from the Broncos' point of view, that's a great pickup. Mm. And for four hundred thousand too, I think that's that's a that's a pretty good buy. Yeah, if that's if it's accurate that it's uh, yeah, around it's accurate, the border, that, yeah. that number, yep, for sure. Uh, I, I totally agree. I think that the I actually think the Broncos. Let's say. Reese was just on the open market mm-hmm. and he was going to get his market value. I actually think the Broncos would probably say, look, we just can't afford you and, and we yeah. have Selwyn Cobbo that's probably going to develop into a fullback. I think the Broncos have looked at it and gone, wow, what an opportunity to get a guy for yeah. below market value. And if, it, and, if it, and if, as you said, mate, if that if that price is accurate and they've got him for 400 then, yeah, they've got, they've got a pretty good buy. 
Oh, They've got a really mate. good buy, mm. um, which which is great. And um, interesting to see what happens there, though, because he goes straight to fullback. You think? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. You know, the Broncos. They. It seemed like they were grooming uh, Cobo to become that fullback. Mm. Whereas Reese Walsh comes in, I can't see him. Like Ezra Mam has been outstanding. Adam mm. Reynolds obviously isn't moving. Mm. So, do you think that the Broncos are going to keep Cobo on the wing for another couple of years and then maybe move Reese to six eventually? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, that's a possibility because mm. if you look at the situation, that, like Adam Reynolds, they got Adam Reynolds. Yeah. Um. You know, when he's on the field, he's going to be playing. He's going to be seven. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think with the emergence, particularly of Ezra Mam, mm. you know, you know, so he's playing each week. He's getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a cu- couple of other options there um, as well to play in the halves. Mm. Um, so I think Reese Walsh will take the number one jersey, mm. and I think they'll just they'll leave Selwyn on ice for a little bit. Just mm. keep just get a few more games under his belt as yeah. a, as a as a winger. Doesn't need to be rushed in my opinion. No. He, like he's a baby. Mm. He's such he's just he's just he's still learning. Mm. Um and and not just learning the game, like learning how to be a professional. Yeah. Um yeah, we I see that every day with the Maroons, you know. There's mm. there's things that he needs to work on, but every young man in his age in his position just mm. starting out, you know, they they need to learn how to be professional each day with you know their their timing with you know being on time for meetings and all that sort of stuff. Not, not not that he's late. Yeah. But you know, he just scrapes in. Well, put I, it... I, I shouldn't talk because yeah. I used to do that <laughs> like, <Lots of>. a lot. <laughs> but <laughs> I did it on purpose. Yeah. Just to stir Craig Bellamy up. <laughs> you're, you're actually there an hour earlier. You're just sitting in your car. Yeah, I would. <laughs> um yeah, but just just uh, like for for the community listening, uh when I was young, when when the when the uh, schedule said eight o'clock, I thought, okay, if I walk in at eight o'clock, mm-hmm. I'm there. And what a, you got a, a lot of young fellas don't realise, and you learn it over the years, is when it says eight o'clock, it means you better be strapped, ready and rearing. Yes. So eight o'clock really means seven fifteen. Now look, you, yeah, you, yeah, that's you, right. Yeah, you do get your heroes, Corey Parker, that they're playing <laughs> some bizarre game where they're getting like two, three hours earlier, and they're like trying to outdo each other. Like, mate, I got here at four o'clock. Like, that's mad. They get like coffees at like three in the morning, rolling in. Mate, we don't train till literally two in the other. What are you doing here? Hmm. Um, but outside of that, uh, you, you do learn that, like, okay, if it says eight o'clock, I need to be there at seven thirty. I need to be fully strapped, fully stretched, everything ready to go, You're ready to start, hundred percent. On top of that. That that's just that's just the entry point of being a professional. Then the next step is okay. If it says eight o'clock, I should be here at seven, and I should be stretching from seven to seven thirty by myself, or doing extras or doing video. Mm. And so it, that's a natural thing for any teenage player to learn. That's right. Um, it's not just you know just one or two. Every teenager goes through it. Yeah. Um, so Reese, at the where do you see the Broncos right now? Like, do you think that they have officially turned the corner as a club? Or do you think we still have to make sure we keep everything tight, yeah. keep on the trajectory? It's a it's a working process, Kempi. Uh, it it really is, and you've got to stay on top of things. If if they, they've certainly turned the corner from the last couple of seasons, oh my all God. right. So they found they found they found a way to to get some consistency about themselves, mm. um, and certainly you know having young forwards there um, who have found a bit of you know continuity and st- stability within that group. And I'm talking about guys like you know Flegler and and Paddy Carrigan, mm. um, Payne Haas now, who's been doing you know wonderful things for you know numerous seasons, but they're all starting to play a bit of footy together. Mm. Okay, so they're getting an understanding of each other, mm. um, and they're getting an understanding of how or what it looks like to be a consistent footballer. Mm. Okay, when you first start, you think, oh, you know, I had a 
eight or a nine out of ten game, yeah. then you know I'm good for a month. 100%. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, you got to give us, you got to give us an eight yeah. or a nine every week. That's the Absolutely. expectation. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that that I think that's where the Broncos are at right now. Mm. But the easy thing is to get there. Mm. That's the easiest part. Yeah. The mm. hardest thing is to stay at that level yep. and maintain that standard of performance, mm. not just week on week, but year on year. Yeah, which, which what a lot of the great Bronco sides have done in the past. Mm. Because, I mean, it's going to be so... The, the easy way, uh, the easy way, like uh, Ivan Henjak, the first rugby league uh, camp I ever went to, he said a great saying. He said, bad habits are like a good bet. Easy to get into, hard to get out of. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's a good... That's a great little saying there, yeah. great little saying. But, like, for example... That, this young Broncos side, they have every reason to pat themselves on the back at the end of this year and go, yeah, boys, we oh, turned it around. Absolutely. It's all good. Yep. Let's go away. Pre-season, yep. we won't be as dedicated. We won't be as hungry. Yep. The That's challenge. the easy thing. That's, That's the right. easy thing to do. And they've got every reason to do it. Everyone's patting them on the back. Oh, Paddy yep. Carrigan, you're the next this. And yep. Yep. Selwyn Cobbo, you're, you're incredible. But you need to come back with the same fire that you had in this off-season. And more. Exactly. 100%. And all the things you learn, all the standards you set for yourselves. Um so, look, I, I think the Broncos' future is looking fantastic. I, I think you can see a real process there now. I think that if you ever wanted to look at the direction of the club, you look at a guy like Paddy Carrigan that seems to be taking the club in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dolphins, mm. another missed opportunity, another huge star. Mm. Is is Cam Munster going to ask for $2 million soon? <laughs> a year? <laughs> so, the way it's going, he could. Holy! He could. Who's on the market for them? No one. Literally no one. Everyone is getting locked up long-term. Yep. Where, where do you... It, like, they've got a good forward pack for sure, but are the Dolphins in a bit of strife or what do you, how do you feel? Um, well, you just... You can't help but think that the old coach, eh, the old Fox, He'll he's got something. something up his sleeve. Yep. He's always got a plan. He's always scheming. Yeah. Um, not coaching this year. He's been a little bit under the radar. He mm. sort of only pops up when there's sort of like a club announcement or a player signing announcement. Um... Yeah, you just don't know what they're sort of up to. They're, they're slowly sort of chipping away at, at building their squad and, mm. and putting something together, but they still, they're still they still yet to land a big dog. <clears throat> they're still yet to land just that, that, that key player, that marquee player mm. that I think they need, you know, to get their club going. And, and I, think, I think Wayne, like, I think he understands that it's not going to be... They're not going to go out and win a premiership in their first season. If they do that... Oh, remarkable. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? And and I think that'll be outside of anyone's expectation. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so I think he's thinking a little bit more long-term, being a little bit more patient. And you've seen his comments around Cameron Munster. Mm. If we're unable to land him in 23, which I think is almost completely... Yeah. Well, Cam came and said, no, not happening. And he, and he is... Like when he's when he come out and said that, I'll be at the storm in twenty three. I'll mm. see you at my contract. Completely believe him. Mm. Um, but Wayne Bennett did say if we don't get him in twenty three, we'll have him in twenty four. Wow, wow. I mean, look, <laughs> a crazy confidence. It's confidence. Oh, it's confidence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and why not? Like he he's been doing it for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, you know, so the the date's getting closer where they can officially launch like an offer. 
to him. Wow. Like November 1, I think. Mate, so. He's in the box seat. Cam Munsey, he's the best. He's just landed. Imagine in the him, perfect the mad dog. Time. Oh, the mad dog. The mad dog, he's just sitting there, just like. Oh, yeah, nice. they don't call him mad dog money for no reason. <laughs> the money man. Hey, the money man. Um, yeah. yeah, look, I, I think that if they land Cam Munster, I think it alleviates a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. But if they don't let land Cam, I think it could be a real concern. Oh, strife. I personally think the Dolphins should have had much longer than 12 months to build a roster. And I also think mm. the NRL should have given them some massive salary cap exemptions. Some exemptions. Yeah. yeah. Well, it happens in the AFL. Yeah. Like when the, when the, when the Gold Coast Suns and the um, Giants come in, GWS, mm. they, were given, they were given cap relief yep. and draft picks. Mm-hmm to help them get up and get underway. Mm. Um, and they were, well, GWS have been, you know, over their, their period of existence have been a fair bit more successful than um, Gold Coast Suns. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's that was the AFL saying, hey, guys, we'll give you a little bit of a um, helping hand to get mm. going and be successful. We know how important it is to our competition. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't... Unless there's things happening behind the scenes, which I don't think there would be. Mm. If there was, you know, the other clubs would be blowing up. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> because I know playing at a club like Melbourne, I don't think there was any exemptions given down there yeah. to help a team down in a mm. an AFL, like a very foreign oh. rugby league town. Yeah. Um, I don't think there was any sort of help going on there. Mm. So, um, yeah. Look, it, it is what it is. Um, the, the one thing about if, if the, with Reddy... Uh, or sorry, the Dolphins, and if they're the, there to get Cameron Munster, it it won't just improve their footy side. What it will do then is to say, any sort of up and comers, mm. good ones, um, and even even a couple of established first graders will go. You know what? I might go up there because Cam yeah. Munster's there. Absolutely, I go play beside him. Now, just back to the Warriors quickly. Some great news: they get Charles Nickel Klukster. Now, mm. I actually think that you know, with everything that happened with Reese. Chance is almost the next best thing. We know how good he can be. In the grand final, he was best on ground until he started cramping up with like 10 or 15 to go. Yep. And the good thing about Chance is that he is a Kiwi, so it means so much to him to pull that jersey on. Yeah. He's going to be there for the long the long haul because his family is from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can start building around a, a really good base. Now, just quickly with the New Zealand Warriors, is there – I just think that the NRL – could help them. I know we spoke about helping the Dolphins, but I just think that there could be a way the NRL could try to incentivise young Kiwis to stay in New Zealand yep. and and play for the Warriors. Because at the moment, all the best talent just gets taken um, across to Australia. Thought yeah. Smithy or rugby, or rugby. Yeah, I think. Well, I think they tried to. I was reading a story. Um, was it last week or the week before that? I think they tried to get a like a, they ha- or they did have the Warriors had like a um, like a development program. Um, starting up, and, mm. and then COVID hit, uh, okay. and it sort of just it it fizzled out. Yeah, it fizzled out because mm. well, one the club, the team wasn't in yeah. New Zealand, yeah, um, and they couldn't have you know these sort of you know, development programs running um, with you know COVID issues and gatherings and, and whatnot. So it's just sort of fizzled out. Mm. Um, and I think we spoke about it on our show last week, maybe or the week before, talking about just the presence of the team, mm. like. The, the, they ha- they've had no presence in New Zealand for the last two years. Yeah. So I think that's that's going to, you know, rugby league's going to take a hit there because, you know, young boys and girls, they can't they can't see their team playing live. Mm. They don't go out to the ground. They they can't go out and do junior football club, you know, visits. Mm. Um, they, they can't be in and around the community. Um, 
yeah, and as you said, incentivising you know, young boys and girls to pick up a rugby league footy and, and go and join up at a junior rugby league club. Yeah. Um, you know, when when you when you don't have you know sort of contact or you don't see um, your team, um, you know, face to face, you sort of it, it almost is forgotten about. And yeah. although it's on tally and, and and you know, there's a lot of um, it's accessible now through you know you know tablets and digital stuff and your mm. phones and, and whatnot, but mm. it's still not the same as seeing. Mm. Um, those players in the flesh and blood. Absolutely. Yeah, you, know, you, you think back to when you were a kid, mate, and, and you, and you know, like Darren Lockyer walked past you or Gordon Tallis or whoever it was that you you followed mm. as a team or as players, it, you just you walked away from it thinking, wow, just, I'd love to be like them one day. Oh, I mean, you know? I remember my, one of my first interactions with a first grader was the great Petro Sivanaceva. Yeah. And, he, you know, just speaking to him and Wayne, they were going, Wayne was like, look, Pretty skinny, but we'll beef you up. You'll be all right. Mm. And I was around like 72 kilos, and, and Petro said the same thing. Yeah. Um, so it is so important. We're going to head to a break. After the break, we've got plenty more show. We've got Nicora re-signing. We've got a previewing of the round and Latrell Mitchell. We will be speaking to Latrell Mitchell later in the show, so stay tuned. See you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Smitty and myself. Time to break down which young players are climbing up the Bailey ladder. Worksite trusted. For over 60 years. That is six decades of trust of the work site. Smithy, what have we got this week? Righto, we got uh, our three nominations like we do every week for the Bailey Ladders segment. Uh, number one, uh, Tolotau Cola again. Uh, mentioned him a little bit earlier for these best hands, but against the Storm, a 19 year old, he had two tries, two line breaks, seven tackle busts, and ran for over 200 metres. He was mm. outstanding. Great yep. to see him in open space. Mate, how good. Finally. How good. Just pinned him and just looked unbelievable. Uh, number two, Egan Butcher, 21-year-old, ran for over 130 metres, had one try assist, a line break assist, and made 25 tackles in just 40 minutes against the Panthers. And I'll tell you what, the Roosters, pretty impressed by them. They looked good. And they looked good against the Eels the, week before, uh, the game before as well. Yeah, really impressed with the way they, they sort of they took it to Penrith. Yeah. And maybe a couple of... Or not maybe. There was a couple of dubious oh, refereeing decisions holy. in that game, which possibly could have cost them a victory, um, particularly that one just before half half time, which allowed uh, Philly Army kick out to go out, go down and score. And um, what they they won by six or points, eight points. Oh, a bit more. Yeah, a bit more. Eight points, I think. They scored a couple late yeah. tries, Penrith, but that 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 one just before half time that gave them a, yeah a little bit of momentum going in the second half. Um, but number three, and this young man. Um, he has been playing extremely well all year, in my opinion. Um, mm. He's one of the standouts, one of the shining lights for Newcastle this season. Mm. Dominic Young. Yeah. Uh, as I said, only 20. He had three tries, ran for over 300 metres, one line break, six tackle breaks um, against the Titans, who, oh, goodness me, they were disappointing. Oh, mate, what's going on, Smithy? Disappointing. Well, what about this? So Dom Young, he had three. Edric Lee, five. Wow. Five. That's eight tries while you're on the sting, the pick and swing. Imagine that. Mate, he could have played on the weekend. If something happened with a couple of the, uh, well, you know, Murray Torlangi and, and Selwyn, mm. mate, Edric Lee. Get him in there. Get him in. Get the flying winner. Get him back. Um, that was thanks to Bailey Ladders bringing safety and efficiency to the work site for over 60 years. After the news, we're going to discuss the controversial six again rule mm. and Luke Brooks' comments yesterday. Give us a text. Text in 
0457 736 736. Text in. Let us know your thoughts about the six again rule. Should it change? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Has the game gotten better because of it, the six again rule? We want to hear your thoughts. See you after the break. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Now, the six again rule, Smithy. The yeah. six again rule. Yep. On the weekend, the Dragons versus the Raiders. And basically, Ben Hunt, being the veteran that he is, mm-hmm. the game's on the line. Yep. Six he, seconds to go. Six seconds to go. He decides to flop on top of a tackle, and then he is offside after that, and the ref gives away a six again and then ends the match. Now, it is my understanding that the ref has the authority to be able to call a penalty or a six again. So he can say, instead of just giving a six again, I'm going to call a penalty here. The game was 12-10 at the time, Dragons to Raiders. Yep. So everyone, I think everyone can agree yep. that they should have been given a penalty. Yep. And I think, I look, I, I like the thinking behind the six-again rule, and I do believe that we're in a good uh, balance of six-again plus penalties in your own half. Mm-hmm. My only concern at the moment with the six-again smithy is that so often a ref will just go, boom, six again. And yep. then we don't really know, like, we don't know how consistent it is. We can't really go back and look at it. The game moves on really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think you could go back to Origin Game 2 and look at a few of the six agains, and they, they just kind of happen, and then yep. it's just like whatever. Yep. What are your thoughts on the six again rule? Hate it. Wow. Hate it. Just go back, you reckon? And that might be, you know, some people might think, ah, oh, mate, you played the game you started playing a long time ago, and you're mm. just an old fellow. Get with the times. I I don't like it at all. Well, you just won I, the comp though when it when it was in. Yeah, well that's right. And yeah, you know, we sort of we made adjustments. We weren't great at it to start with. Um, yeah, you know, we 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 didn't adapt to the rule as quickly as some other teams, but we found a way. Mm. And when you have a coach like Craig Bellamy, um, you know, sort of you know putting together a game plan, you, you're going to pick things up pretty quickly, um, and adapt to rule changes. So, um. We we you know, did some good things that year in in the first year of it, mm. um, but I just think I think now there's too many questionable decisions mm. made, and and again you know it, I'm not blaming referees, mm. I'm not blaming referees, I'm not blaming players, I'm not blaming coaches. It's the game. Mm. Get rid of it. Mm. It's just like why did we do it? Oh, to speed the game up. And what was wrong with it before? Mm. What was wrong with it before? And then yeah. you get in a situation like this where there's so much confusion. And as I said, it, that's not a black and white rule. Mm. That's, a, that's, a, that's, that's a referee's discretion. Yeah. Well, don't give the referee the discretion in that instance. Mm. It's a penalty or it's not. Mm. Yeah. Okay? He's made his, he's made his decision, mm. right? He, he waved his hand. It was six to go. Mm. Now all the pressure gets lumped on him mm. for a rule that's a, that was introduced by the NRL. Yeah. So the pressure should be on the NRL, mm. not the referees. Yeah, no, I, I, agree. Just, I just think there's way, way too much grey area surrounding a six-to-go rule. Mm. Have a look at Game Two Origin. Mm. That's why Felice Kafusi got ten of the bin, mm. multiple six-to-goes, yeah, and then a penalty, and then his indiscretion on the play of the ball, which I'm not questioning. He yeah. fell asleep on. Yeah, it was on, definitely on, an indiscretion. On, on, indiscretion. On, it was definitely was. Yep. Um, that that should have been a penalty or a six-to-go, but it was the lead-up to that. Mm to that tackle, which forced him to go into the sin bin. Mm. I, I just think it, it's, it's, a, it's a penalty or it's not. Yeah. Don't worry about positions on the field. Have a look how much confusion there is now with referees when teams are coming off their own trial line. They're in and around that 40-meter zone. Yeah. Where, so if, you, if, you, if there's a 
um, if there's an infringement um, inside um, your own 40, it's a penalty. Mm. And then outside of your own 40, it's a set restart. Mm. Okay. I've been, I've seen so many times this year where once that, once that there's a rule within a rule where they blow a penalty when it should be a, a set restart and they have a set restart when it should be a penalty and the game gets stopped. Yeah. Because the bunker intervenes. Oh, mate, that should have you should have blown a penalty there, or that should have been a set restart. Mm. Referee then goes, oh, hang on, come back here. Actually, go back to that mark. That that should have been a play of the ball, or actually, no, that's a penalty. <clears throat> now either take a tap or kick for touch. Yeah, there's just oh, I just don't like it at all. Get mm. rid of it. If there if there's if there's an infringement in the ruck, if markers are not square, if someone leaves the line early. Blow a penalty. Mm. Ask the dragon. Uh, sorry, Raiders. Ask the ask the Raiders yeah. what they'd prefer in that situation. Mate. Because I will tell you what, teams understand. Okay, so if they're up by two, one point or two points in the dying moments of a match, mm. and they're defending in their own half. Okay, so the opposition are on the attack. They they've got an opportunity to score. Mm. They will lie in the tackle. Yeah, they will lie in the tackle, knowing that the referee will just have a set restart. They're happy to defend mm. extra couple of tackles to mm. see the match out. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, and I remember when I was playing, if you're up by one or two points in the dying moments of a match and you know if you stay in the ruck too long penalty, or you're not square at marker and you give away a penalty, like you, you could cost your team the game. Yeah. Because as soon as there's a penalty blown, like the opposition are just pointing to the sticks. Mm. We'll take two, thanks, sir. Well, Benny Hunt's not lying in the ruck if it's a penalty. Abs- that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no way. He's in front of the sticks. There's yeah. no way he's jumping on. Like, it was a dead set flop. Mm. Okay? And that's why there was a set restart given. Mm. Um, I-, I personally believe he was square at marker. Now, mm. there's, there's, that's, that's always going to be up for debate. Mm. I personally believe he was square when the ball was played. Yep. Um, and, he, and, he, and he went pretty hard from marker, which... Some people may think, oh, he wasn't square. That's why he got out and made that tackle. But mm. I believe when the ball was played, when the ball went behind um, the ball carrier's foot, he was, at, he was square, mm. um, and which is why the referee just called time mm. after he made that tackle. But take away, take away the confusion around it. Just get rid of it. Mm. Get rid of it. There was nothing wrong with the game before the six-again rule come in. Could you, could you see a world where, you know, because, like, the concern with, uh, you know, the reason why the six again was brought in was because some teams on their line would just go, you know what, bomb. We'll, we'll just give away set restart after set restart. Mm-hmm. Um, and and basically just slow the game down so much that it's almost hard to get momentum. Do you think that the to, to, to combat that without the six against, you could be more willing to go, all right, if you give three penalties away... 10 in the bin or Absolutely. 5 in the bin or something I'm like that. I'm all for that. Yeah. I'm all for so that. Stop. Because then, you, you know, if they want to give one or two away to a bit of gamesmanship. I'm all for that. I'm right. all for that. Yeah, okay. Yep. I'm, absolutely. And I think over a period of time there, referees were reluctant to put people in the bin. Mm. But now that we've got the six to, uh, the the set restart rule in, mm. um, we've started sending guys to the bin. Yeah. Um, just take, take that uh, six again rule out. Mm. Bring penalties back. And if you have multiple penalties... Okay, mm. in in that area in particular, which you're saying the reason why they brought it in, mm. put someone in the bin. Yeah, you put someone in the bin, they'll stop doing it. I'm yeah. telling you. And I think also we have kind of set a new standard for, you know, the wrestle. Like, we all kind of agree that the wrestle, uh, you can't do it as much anymore. Mm-hmm. So like, 
I think, let's say, for example, we were, I, I don't mind the six again rule in attacking. Um, I can see arguments for both sides, but let's just assume that we got rid of it. I don't, yep. like some people may be scared, oh, we're going to go back to the pace that we had a few years ago. But I think that if the rest just make it really clear, like if you lay in the ruck, you're getting a penalty straight away. Yeah. Um, I think it would, you know, the speed of the play the ball wouldn't actually yeah. suffer that much. Well, I've got, I got a couple of, I've got a couple of, um, couple of things to come back against the people saying, oh, you know, well, we'll just go back to wrestling and mm. how the wrestling ruined the game. That's why I like the, the six go. Mm. Have they stopped wrestling? You still see wrestle all the time. That's what, that's why there are set restarts. Mm. Have they stopped wrestling because the set restarts come in? The answer is no, mm. they haven't. Mm. That's why we see set restarts every game we play mm. due to wrestling. Yeah. And how about this? And instead of, Instead of attacking teams or ball carriers, relying on um, the referee to give them a set restart because defenders are mm. um, laying in the ruck, how about you take the initiative to actually run hard mm. and fight to play the ball? Yeah. And get up that. quickly. Yeah, and win the ruck. How about, how about you try and win it mm. rather than relying on a referee to say, oh, look, defenders are lying in the ruck. Mm. Unfortunately, defense is half of our game. Mm. It's 50-50. Mm. And if you look at, if you look at all the... Um, sides that have been successful over the past, you can look at the last 20 years. Mm. They've been good defensive teams that work hard mm. at their defensive systems, their defensive techniques at training, and they put time into it. Mm. They value that part of the game. Yeah. What we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to help the teams that don't see that as an important part of their game and mm. don't put any time into it. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, look, it's it's a it's a. I've got a pretty strong opinion on that. But anyway, <laughs> it's uh yeah, really interesting. We've got a bunch of texts here. We've got some people saying, "Yep, let's get rid of it." Other texts saying, "Nah, we'll go back to old slow footy." <laughs> um, so yeah, keep uh, texting in, guys. Love to hear your thoughts uh, on the six again rule. We're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to discuss Lou Brooks' recent comments uh, mm. about the West Tigers, which is really interesting. interesting. Really interesting comments. So make sure to text you know four five seven seven three six seven three six. Or you can give us a call, one 1170 and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Now, Luke Brooks, is, uh, he's come out and been quite vocal uh, recently. Uh, I mean, as we all know, West Tigers seem to have a lot of information come out of that club uh, about their inner workings, which is uh, surprising. The best clubs usually are watertight. Yep. But uh, we've got the uh, audio here. If we could just have a listen to Luke Brooks' comments on West Tigers. Stuff sort of coming out from the club that uh, it's pretty disappointing that people in the club tend to leak leak a fair bit and um, obviously without myself being spoken to and seeing it in the news was uh, pretty frustrating but um, yeah, it was all all cleared up and um, yeah in the end I was, I was playing so it was all a bit of a storm in the teacup I guess. Noddy was good with that and he wanted to talk to me first and I guess that was the frustrating thing that it came out through the media but um, myself there was never really discussions about dropping me but I guess it was more about where I can fix my game and where I can get better it does get frustrating but I guess it's sort of a part of it um, in, in my position when you're going good the halves get the wraps when you're going bad it's on the halves it does get frustrating because sometimes you get blamed for it and Sometimes I feel like I've played a, a decent game. It's a part of it, and um, I sort of learned to deal with it, and I'm sort of used to it now. It's a big decision for me, and I've got to have a think about um, what's best for me. I think a lot of the time I probably haven't put my, myself first with these decisions. Yeah, when the time comes, I'm going to sit down and probably be selfish with my, with my decision and do what's best for me. Wow, there he is, Luke Brooks. Mm, Mate, strong comments. Um, strong comments, and you know what? 
I agree with him. him. I think that it is crazy that so much information seems to come out of the West Tigers. I mean, if your goal is to have your players playing at the best of their ability and mentally they need to be at 100% to do that, Mm -hmm. how is leaking things helping that at all? All all it seems to be doing is helping yourself in whatever agenda that you want to have happen. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem to be helping players one bit. Uh, Smitty, thoughts on his comments? Yeah, no, I agree. Like, as a player, that would be extremely disappointing um, when news is is leaked to the media that you haven't been spoken to about or things haven't been mentioned to you. And and I it's interesting to hear in, in, in that interview that he did, he mentioned the word frustrating or frustrated mm. um, several times. Mm. So um, that's not a great position to be in mm. a, as a player and particularly a key position player like he plays in, in the number seven jersey. So that they can't be a positive for West Tigers mm. moving forward. You know, talking about him being frustrated right now in the position that he's in um, and then also going on to say that, you know, he's going to make – the decision that he makes now, he's going to be selfish about that. He's not mm. going to take anything into account other than what's best for him. Mm. Um, and, you know, that that's fair enough. That's fair enough. He's, he's been uh, he's been knocked around a fair bit, mm. Booksy, this year. Mm. Um, but he's a wonderful player. Mm. And he just he just needs to when – he, when he has that confidence and, um, you know, when he's not playing, I guess, like he said – with frustration, he's mm. not taking that onto the field. Um, he's he's a wonderful player. Like he, he, he wasn't he the halfback of the year? Yeah, two thousand eighteen. I think picked that up like not that long ago. Mm. So um, you know, we all know that he's a he's a great footballer. He just needs to find that that good feeling again. Do you think? And again, it's pure speculation. But reading between the lines, when he said, "I'm going to be selfish on my next decision," that sounded to me like he may have wanted to leave the club before, but the club has convinced him, no, 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 stay. Because it's like, you know, when you look at his contract, it's it's a massive, you know, he's getting hmm. a massive yeah. wicket. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, well, if you're saying I'm going to be selfish going forward, it seems more like you would be willing to leave because... Mm. Well, that's what it sounds that's like. That's what it sounds like. It yeah. sounds like he is going to put the his footy side of things first mm-hmm. because there were reports that did come out in the off season that Newcastle Knights thought they had him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the the Tigers kind of came in and said, no, no, we want you at the club to stay. Uh, really interesting from Brooks. I, I And look, there's going to be some people that are like, mate, you're not playing well, who, you know, get earn your pay packet and all that kind of stuff before you talk about the admin. But it's also like, mm-hmm. regardless of how he's playing, you cannot deny his effort, uh, Luke Brooks. So he's trying his heart out. He, does, he deserves to be at a a working environment where stuff isn't being leaked. Yep. All the players do, not just Luke Brooks, but every single player at the Tigers, in my opinion, deserves to work in an environment where they can trust the people that are their bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's very hard to be working in an environment where you don't feel like you trust your bosses or mm. they're not on your side, that they've got different. So, yeah, really interesting comments. I liked it from Brooksy, and I personally think that Brooksy, his next contract, I wouldn't even worry about the money side of things. No. All I would be considering is where can I go to fulfill my incredible potential that yeah. everyone sees? Where can you play your best footy? Where can I play my best footy? Yeah. Who cares about what contract, how much I'm on? You've, had, you've earned your good wicket. You've had your big contract. Now I think it's about, um, as you said, as it seems that Brooks is saying, putting himself first yep. and, and playing some good footy. Well, there's no doubt he'll have to do that. Mm. He'll have to take um, a, a pay cut 
to go to another club where he, he can play his best footy. Um, what club would that be, though? Really interesting. Really interesting. Um, I can see I can see him at the Newey Knights. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see... Oh, man. It's Dolphins? Just, yeah, maybe the... Oh, is that too much pressure? A whole new club on his yeah, shoulders? possibly. Um, it depends. Like, if they got Munster and then he signed for Unders yeah. or something. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, that's a fair point. Yeah. But Newey Knights, I think he might fit there all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, look, if I'd sat down and thought about it, I think there'd be a few clubs. I mean, even... Uh, even the Canberra Raiders right now. Oh, they got Fogarty. Sorry, they got yeah. Fogarty. But I was going to say Brooks with Whiten would be okay. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, um, really interesting to hear. Really interesting to hear. Hopefully, West Tigers uh, sort themselves out sooner rather than later because it it just it's it seems so disappointing that only a couple months ago it looked like they were turning a corner. Yeah, which then, we, yeah we've spoken about that a couple times. <laughs> yeah, and it's just all falling apart. And it just seems like every week there's something else mm. as well. Which can't be, you know, can't be good for well anyone involved in that in yeah. that footy club. When I was at the Broncos and we were lucky, obviously, but we didn't even know what was going on in the admin, and that's no. what you want. Like yeah. they did their job so well yeah. that you didn't hear about it. Yep. Um, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to wrap up the second hour. But stay tuned. Latrell Mitchell will be joining us later in the show. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Got a few texts here, Smithy. Yes, mate. What do we got? Uh, tuning in from Perisher, watching my kids' ski lessons. Oh. Just one schnitz in a skewy of bloke away from a perfect day, Rob. Oh, good on you, Rob. That does tuning sound in, like the perfect day. Tuning into the Captain's Run from the ski fields of Perisher. What a legend. What an absolute you, legend. Uh, we've got more questions. Would a rule where no six against in the final 10 minutes work? I think that might be a bit too confusing. Oh. Um, look, we're going to head to a break, guys. After the break, we've still got Latrell Mitchell on the show. We've still got a preview of the round. We've got plenty to talk about. Stick around, and we'll see you after, on the other side. Cameron Smith has run from dummy half and scores a grand final try. Welcome to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith and Denon Kemp on SEN. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Now, we've got some calls here, Smithy. What have we got, mate? I reckon they're passionate. I reckon we they're go. passionate. We've got Dom there. You there, Dom? Hey, boys. How's it going? Going good, Dom. What do you got for us, mate? Um, oh, firstly, um, don't be able to talk to you guys, but um, um, with the six again ruling, I, I think what you're sort of – I sort of get what you're saying, Smithy, but um, at the same time, I think the bunker should not be in the field of play. It should only be for the um, the in goal area. But with yep. the um, situation we have with the Raiders game, right? If 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 you can just have the captain or or, or whoever the team stop the play um, in that situation, saying no, we want a penalty, then wouldn't that work in the sense of um, like at the end of the day, a six again is still a penalty. It's just a quicker penalty, like it's like a mm. quick restart, essentially. Yeah. Um, so if, if instead of putting it on the referee to know what the other team wants in that situation, I believe it should be up to the team to say, no, we want this in this situation. Okay, so you're saying that you're saying that when when the referee signals um, a set restart, the captain should be able to stop yeah. the game and say, no, we'd prefer two points. Yes. Well, I think the captain actually did run across and say, mm. I no, think it, yeah, yeah, we want a penalty. Yeah. Of course, yeah. And that, that's the point I think we were making before, Kempi, is that if you, take, if you take the set restart rule out of it, then 
the the Raiders get two points mm. because it's just a penalty. Mm. And you can see clearly Ben Hunt knows the rules. Mm. He 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 he's got no he's got no right being involved in that tackle. Mm. He's nowhere near the tackle when it's initiated yeah. when it's first initiated. He then runs in because he he understands that there's only what was there six seconds left on the clock, mm. and he just jumps in there knowing that well the referee's going to give a six again six again here. Mm. He's not going to penalise me, so that's my point. Mm. I, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to help the fans out who are frustrated by this set restart rule by mm. saying, take it take it out of the referee's hands. Don't give them the option to to give a six again. Mm. In that instance, with without a six again rule, that's a penalty every day of the week, and the mm. Raiders kick a penalty goal. Mm. Dom, are you are you saying basically? So, sorry, Dom. Are you saying basically uh, at any point on the field the captain should have the option to go, nah, we want the penalty? Is that what you kind of mean? Well, I would make it any point because I don't like the idea of having to be over a certain line of the field, right? But um, but what, I don't believe a captain or, or a team that gets a six again, say we're on the halfway, you're going to bother taking the risk to take a two-point or, or to kick the touch or anything. I think the six again, like, is a good flow for most of the field, except for at that dining, dying stage of the game, um, when you're in that position, that I believe then, then a captain would be like, no, no, we need this right now. I just don't think it should be up to the referee to be mm. thinking about what that team wants at that period of the game. Like that's, there's already a lot of stuff going through their mind. Yeah, that's right, mate. And and that's exactly why I'm saying to you, I agree with you fully there, Dom. I think the referees have way too much to think about right now. There's so many new rule introductions and so many different um, interpretations of what's a penalty, what's a, what's a set restart. And if you just take that out of their hands and any indiscretion um, or infringement, it's just a straight penalty. So if you think about... So you think about the sharpshooters of the NRL. So say like a an Adam Reynolds or uh, a Nathan Cleary. <clears throat> Let's just say Penrith are down by one point or two points, mm. and and there's six seconds to go, mm. and someone decides to lay in on a tackle longer, and they're forty meters out from goal. Mm. I'd still back Nathan Cleary to kick a goal yeah, from forty out for sure. But they won't give yeah, a penalty. Give It'll them. be a six to go because of the field position. Mm. Okay, so yeah. take the take the, t- the captain, then they can do that. Yeah. Well, I think it's just I mean? again, yeah, again, yeah. I, I I completely understand what you're saying there, Dom. But that's just another thing that that the the, the game needs to deal with. Another thing that the referee has to think about. Just give it a straight penalty, mate. A straight penalty, mm. and then the team has the option of what they want to do. Yeah, because if you give a if you give the captain like oh you know. He can come in at any time. Yeah. And be like, oh no, I want a penalty. It'll yeah. slow the game down yeah. drastically. Then the ref also has to like be watching. Like, where's the captain? Is he coming? And then you're two tackles down, so it will be tough. But what we do, I, I definitely get your sentiment, bro. Definitely get your sentiment. Thanks so much for calling, mate. Appreciate it. No worries, Luke. Right, you Dom. There he is the great Dom. Uh, he's got, he's got a good point. Like, how do we make it so the rest don't have to, you know, make those decisions? How how can we help it so the rest who already have so much going on yep. can just make it easier? Great point. Great point. We've also got Pedro the Rooster on the line. Pedro, Pedro you there, mate? Morning, boys. How are you going? Good, mate. What do you got for us? I I, I I've got a couple of points um, on on 
the Tigers situation, Jack Gibson always said that success started in the front office. Uh, both of you guys from really strong clubs, um, that, that there was rarely a leak. And I want to use uh, the Roosters as an example as well. Um, the 2018 Grand Final, Cam, did you have any idea? Nobody knew whether Cooper was going to be running out. Um, no, I, I found no. that fascinating. No, absolutely right. They 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 were um, very tight-lipped around that, and, and so they should be, um, particularly for such a big game. And so no one really knew um, whether Cooper w- was going to take the field or not. I, I, myself, personally, I think I had a really strong feeling that he was going to play. I just, knowing the type of um, player that, that Cooper is, and I've seen him play through many injuries throughout his career with the Melbourne Storm, so... Um, but but you're right. There, there was no information at all um, coming out of the Roosters camp whether he was going to play or not. And and to the point where like there was no information from training sessions, no information or vision from training sessions that he would be there. Um, so yeah, that that just shows that it can be done. It can be done. You just <laughs> you just got to and you just, you just wonder what sort of effect. Mm. It is having on the Tigers with that that sort of thing happening non-stop. So, yeah, very interesting. The the second point was Sam Walker being in the origin camp. Cam, what what sort of effect do you reckon that's going to have on fast-tracking his game? I mean, he's just a natural footballer. Yeah. What what sort of effect will it come back when he comes back to clubland? Yeah, I'd like to think I'd like to think that um, it it would make him gain some confidence um, in himself and some self-belief because talking with coaches and knowing from uh, you know experience when I first come into an origin camp, when I come back to you know clubland, I, I felt a lot more confident within, my, within myself because I've trained with you know, the best players in the competition. Things happen a lot faster. Um, the intensity's higher, more consistently higher. Um, you know, so I think when you go back to clubland, everything seems to be a little bit slower mm. so you feel a lot more comfortable so I, I think you know for Sam and I think it's a big reason why he's in there right now not only just because he's on the radar as a as a future Maroons player um, it's you know just to try and help him um, you know build some self-belief and um, yeah he's got plenty of it now but just to try and make that even stronger um, you know help him grow even more confident um, um, within himself as a player and as a person and just to give him a bit of an insight into you know what origin's all about so i think yeah i'd like to think that you see a sam walker return back to the roosters um as a much more confident um half good thanks boys good on you pedro thanks pedro there he is the great pedro the rooster mm. he's a he's a regular pedro yeah we love pedro we love pedro thanks mate you know what that was a hole-in-one. He absolutely oh. bombed that. Oh. He bombed it. He did, mate. With the, You know what he bombed it with? The tailor-made TP5. And what is it, Kempi? It's mate. the ball that beats the number one ball in golf. It's the ball that beats the number one ball. Which is the now the number two because it's number one. Yeah. <laughs> TP5. Right. Tailor-made TP5. The ball that beats the number one ball in golf. Absolutely fantastic call from Pedro the Rooster. Yes. Uh, that was a hole-in-one. That was Verdi. That was all the good stuff that golfing does. I can't wait to play on the weekend. I'm going to get out there and uh, I'm gonna go for 18. Them. Yep. Go for 18. Make sure you use TP5, please. No, I will definitely the be using The only TP5. ball you should be using. Absolutely. Uh, now let's get on to some round preview. The Sharkies versus the Storm mm. tonight, 7.50. The, you know what? It's the game of the round. 
Game of the round. Thanks to Suncorp. Get award-winning car insurance with Suncorp. How good. Mm. The game of the round thanks to Suncorp. I actually, uh, I've been with Suncorp for quite a while, actually. So, mate, good stuff. Mm. Very good, very good company. You. Looked after me. Of course they looked after Customer me. Customer service. Suncorp. Of course they did. Yes. Fantastic. Excellent. Uh, game of the round brought to you by Suncorp. Cronulla Sharks versus the Melbourne Storm. The Sharks team news. Nico Hines and Toby Rudolph are out uh, returning positive COVID tests. Mm. Trindle comes in at halfback. Fafita starts at prop, and Braden Hamlin Hueli is the new man on the bench returning from injury, a huge in for the Sharkies. Sharks are without uh, Talakai, and yep. that is replaced by Connor Tracy, and uh, Nico Hines has decided to stay in Sydney to play for the Sharks. Well, yeah, as well, in, he, he was. He was. He wanted to, yeah. He wanted to. Uh, now, Melbourne Storm, Dean Eremiah comes in on the wing. Nick Meany moves to 5'8". Jaden Nicarima dropping to 18th man. Mm-hmm. Brandon Smith will start at hooker with Harry Grant at origin duty. With Josh King at lock, Nelson Asopa Solomona starting at prop, Tyron Wishart and Jordan Grant are the new faces on the bench. Yeah, good decision to start Big Nelson. I thought he was mm. one of Storm's best. I think he and Brandon Smith were standouts. Yes, um, for Melbourne, who were, who were very unStorm-like, mm. and I know that that's a that's a um, a thing that they're branded with when they don't win. Oh, very unStorm-like, mm. but they were mm. they particularly in defence. Mm. They just yeah, Manly were. They were breaking tackles and making line breaks and just poking their nose through willy-nilly, really, mm. um, last week at uh, at Four Pines Park. Where, where did the storm sit for you right now? You know, because they last year they had that record-breaking year and then they got to the main games, the big games, and they struggled. Mm. And it seems like this year as well they've kind of struggled in the big games. Yeah, well, they've I think they've had a few more injury issues mm. um, this year, this time around. Um uh, so they're dealing with that, um, uh, and I just think they're this after their sort of best eighteen or nineteen. Mm. I think that's what's being tested this year mm. is is the depth of of the squad, mm. which which is um, in the past been a, a really strong part of of the club. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think well the other night. Look, not making excuses for Melbourne because that's that's not the type of club that they are, and certainly not the the, the type of team. Um, or the coach, um, the way they go about their their business, but they had a huge chunk of their lineup either were either returning from New Zealand. Mm. Um, they played in a test match against uh, Tonga, or returning from Perth. Yep. So that th- those players that returned to play Origin, that was a four day turnaround. Wow. And I know Manly um, had Daly Cherry Evans um, and uh, Jakey Trebojevic in that as well. Um, so, like I'm saying, it's no excuse, but it would have been a pretty tough thing to do. Um, I think you know, they had five Kiwis wow. um, from that test match, mm. backing up as well. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think listening to Craig Bellamy's uh, comments after the game, yeah, he was extremely disappointed with the way they their attitude was towards their defence. Mm. Um, just he, he said soft. Mm. Uh, some of the tries were just... Well, because Manly completely soft. Manly starting completion rate was like two sets out of the first seven. Well, yeah, the, well, well, they were um, up fourteen points. Hamali Olakuatu, I think the first three touches he had, he, he dropped the ball. Mm. It was just they were they were less than fifty percent completion rate in the first fifteen minutes, yeah, something like that, even lower. Like it was crazy. Yeah, and they just went bang, 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 and and just piled on points, mm. Un, like. Unanswered. Well, well, they sort of. Sorry, Storm hit back a little bit early in the game, 
Um, and then it wasn't until the last, yeah, 10 minutes where they picked up, what was it, four tries to make mm. make the score quite respectable. But there was no reflection at all mm. um, of of the way that they played. Uh, also, try July starts tonight. $5,000 gets donated to the Red Cross Appeal for Tonga's tsunami recovery in New yeah, South Wales good. and Queensland floods. A fantastic uh, uh, initiative, that is. Mm. Fantastic. I'm pretty sure every try that's scored, it's $5,000. Yeah, I think you need to have a try celebration, though. Is that right? Yes, okay. Yes, you've got to yeah, you, celebrate. Did you ever have a try celebration? No, no, never. Any bit of carry on? No, look, there was one time I did carry on. There was one time. And it was uh, my return game for the Broncos after I came back for the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And I scored the match winner against the Cowboys, round one, 75th yes. minute. Uh, and I just gave a, a jump of pump. That's oh, it. I just grabbed like just a... to grab the jumper, did a bit of a that. That's it. Okay. So I've never done anything like. What about any layering up before you scored? Like, no, you would have scored a couple of runaways. Never layered up before I like scored. Like any like these ones? No, just never. Waving the finger. I would get annihilated in the change room if I did that. I got annihilated for doing these ones. Really? Yes. That's how. Wow. That's how it was like, mate. You put the ball down, you get back to half, halfway, and you bloody do your job. Yeah. That's okay. what it was like back okay. then. Anyway. Okay. Um. Yeah, so try July starts tonight. Now with the Sharkies. Uh, look, I thought they were pretty good last week, and mm-hmm. it looked like they've gotten back on track. There's, they're in the top four. Against the Doggies. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're in the top four. So I think Nico Hines and Rudolph being out, though, is a, is a bridge too far for them at the moment, especially with the Melbourne Storm that's going to be want to bounce back. Yeah, I think, um, uh, well, again, they're, they're missing their main man again two weeks in a row, Cam Munster. Um, I'm talking about the Storm here, obviously. Um but yeah, I think when you take a when you take a guy like um, Nico Hines, who's been you know so instrumental for the Sharkies this year, Sifat mm. um, Talakai as well. Yeah, um, you know, he's away with with uh, with the Blues. Toby Rudolph, I think, is another one that mm. that that's a that's a big um, big out for him. Mm. Um, look, uh, if Storm turn up and play the way they did last week, yeah, then, true. then then Sharks have every chance, particularly mm. at home, mm. particularly at home. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm predicting that this will you'll be a very different performance by the Melbourne Storm this mm. week compared to last week. Um, and they would have had a pretty stern talking to from Craig Bellamy when they returned home mm. um, from, uh, from playing Manly last week. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm tipping Melbourne um, to win this one. A little bit of feeling between these two clubs. Oh, yeah. Particularly some... at this ground. Yes, yes. I mean, you've got some good memories at this ground. Some <laughs> yeah. great memories at this Real ground. Good memories. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, Game of the Round thanks to Suncorp Car Insurance, winner of CanStar's Outstanding Claims Award, seven years in a row. That's right. Seven years in a row, Suncorp Car Insurance has won the CanStar's Outstanding Claims Award. We're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to preview the round. Plus, Latrell Mitchell joins us. Holy schnitz. Time now for the sporting highlight of the week. Thanks to schnitz. Home of fresh, golden, handcrafted schnitzels. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Holy schnitz. Honestly, the best schnitties in all the game. I got a message. The schnitties are on the way. But these are our moments where we yelled, holy schnitz at the TV. My nomination, the Melbourne Storm scoring four tries in five and a half minutes and nearly winning against Manly. I yelled, holy schnitz, as it was happening, Smithy. What do you reckon Desi Hasler yelled? Oh, mate. Bit more than that? Bit more than that. But he mm. he could have used a bit of a schnitzel after that. <laughs> relax him, relax him. Good schnitty. Tell you what. 
Mate, would have calmed him right down. Yeah, it would have made him feel a little bit better. Absolutely, eh? absolutely. Oh, geez. I reckon, well, I was in the commentary box a couple of down from Desi. Mm. I reckon I heard him (laughs) from there. And they're meant to be soundproof. Mate, I tell you what, he was just yelling so loud he broke the sound barrier. (laughs) I think you're right, mate. I think you're right. There was a bit of yelling from the other coaches' box too (laughs) earlier in the match. But anyway, uh, two great coaches. yeah, that was that was a holy schnitz moment. Mine though, mine was uh, the return of the New Zealand Warriors to Mount Smart Stadium. Mm. Now you know you've you've played at this ground. You know what the atmosphere is like there with the bumper crowd. Yeah, twenty six thousand sold out. So good. Twenty six thousand fans packed out Mount Star, uh, Mount Smart Stadium to welcome the Warriors back um, for their first game back in New Zealand since two thousand and nineteen. Wow, what a, like. Great pitches too, mate. Tingles. Even, be, even before the game, like when the Warriors first arrived back in New Zealand, like mm. the reception they had there from um, the fans. Um, you know, there were some traditional dances there, the Maori dances. Mm-hmm. Um, quite emotional too, yeah. like watching some of the, the pitches of the players and the, yep. and the people in the stands, like bringing they were brought to tears. Mm. Um, so just wonderful, wonderful pitches, wonderful moment for um, all the Warriors fans and 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 rugby league fans in uh, New Zealand mm. to have their team back there playing live in front of them um, and great for the players in the club as well. Yeah. Just yeah. Running out Mount Smart Stadium. Yeah. It's a, it's a different vibe. Like don't yeah. get me wrong. Suncorp is probably my favorite, mm. but Mount Smart's vibe. It's just, it's like you hear the drums, you're yeah, running the through drums. that tunnel. I was going to bring that up. What's yeah. that like? Mate, it's so good. The boys are yipping and yahooing as you're running through the tunnel. So it's all <laughs> echoing. Mm. It's a, it's just a, it's a very different vibe. The drums are going all the time. It's it's so cool. I, I, like the New Zealand Warriors as a club, the club is such a family orientated club. It was mm-hmm. it was a really good club to be a part of. Yeah. Um, so I, I heard I, I heard the same mm. um, opinion from Ryan Hoffman. Yeah. Who I played with um, at Storman. Um, he played it there. Um, also Nathan Friend. Yes, Friendy. As well, he yeah. said he had he had big raps on the club and mm. his time there as well. They 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 loved it. Mm. They loved it. Did Absolutely. you have an opportunity to be? Um, as as the the team mm. based on the eastern stand, mm. or no, that wasn't in when you played there because I know no. that's where they because when you're a visiting team, you you run out from under the western on the western side in the tunnel, mm. like so yeah. the main tunnel. The Warriors the Warriors now come out from the other side. The so I, that's where their lockers are set up on the other side. Yeah, I think I think oh man, I can't even remember to be yeah. honest. Even that for an like an opposing team coming over mm. that that that's a little bit like th- it throws you a little bit yeah. a little bit intimidating. You're like, what are they doing over there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't sort of see anyone before <laughs> yeah. the game, and the only time you the first time you see like a Warriors player is when they run out from that side, and you're just yeah. like, oh, here well, we go. So we came, we always ran off from the the, the reserve grade paddock where like oh yeah the, okay yeah where you yeah. warm up yeah, yeah where you okay. warm up. So we would come mm. straight and we would like run out that way, pretty yeah. sure. So okay. mate, yeah, great experience. Now we're gonna head to a break. After the break, we have superstar Latrell Mitchell joining us. Going to talk about all things Origin, all things Latrell. So stay tuned for a chat with Latrell Mitchell. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with the great Cameron Smith. But I've also got another great man on the line. I've got Latrell Mitchell. How you going, brother? How you going, bloke? (laughs) (laughs) Big fella. I mean, it's been a big week for you. It's always a big week for the big fella, but... You know, talk us through the decision to uh, rule yourself out because earlier in the week it seemed like you were pretty keen to play and then obviously you played and you played really well. Um, yeah, talk yeah, us through yeah. this decision. Yeah, but, yeah, but like, I, I, um, 
Like, I definitely, it was definitely a hard decision. You know, I love the game of Origin, and Cam knows what spirit and what you know it takes to you know, you know to get ready for an Origin, and um, you know, and I, I just thought to myself, I'll. Oh no! I think we've lost him. Oh no! He's back. He's back. Got me. Got me, boys. You got me. Yeah, we got you. We got you. Got you. Oh shit! Oh no, sweet. All I was pretty much saying is that yeah, look, it was a hard decision. I just didn't want to, you know, put myself in a, you know, to compromise anything that I've just, you know, I've obviously recently done, gone over to America and done what I've done. And you know, it was a hard decision. I wanted to play. I want to be there, and obviously, I want to represent in the blue and. And Cam, Cam, you'd know, bro, like, turning up for that game, is you've, you've got to be all in. And, um, you know, I just thought, for me to you know, be me, I had to invest back into the club and put my, you know, the front foot forward and just get on the top of it. And then, obviously, there hasn't been any more talk. So, I shut the headlines down. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, it was the hardest decision I've had to make. And uh, I really yeah. wanted to play. But then again, I had to think about what, personally, Latrell Mitchell... Is he going to play the rest of the season if he plays this game Origin, or does he just sit out, let the boys do what they've been doing, and let Burton and, and, and you know Jackie and, and Christian do what they do? So that was that was uh, yeah, that's me, bro. So that's why. Yeah, big decision, mate. I completely get what you're saying about you know having to make that decision whether you fought, whether you know you've got to be 100 percent in and and ready to go. Um, the last thing you want to do is you know say, yep, I'm I'm good. After one match, what yeah. is it, mate? In in what three yeah, months, mate. and then I, and then and then turn up with a blue jersey and get out there, and you go, actually, you know what? I'm a little bit, I'm not quite yeah. up to Origin standard at the moment. Yeah. And what you're doing there is, what? you're not just letting yourself down, mate. You're letting your whole state down. So that, mate, exactly, I think it's a, mate. I think it's exactly. a big call that you've made. Yeah, and like you know what, mate? You put that jersey on, and you, you go out with your brothers. You want to be there for everybody. You don't let them down. That's the top person I am, and mm. and, and just having that, you know, them characters around me, like your boy Cordners and. Now, them leaders that didn't want to let their teammates down but knew that, you know, when it was the right time to give, you know, give in, you had to, you know. So you didn't, you know, let your team down, didn't let your state down and, you know, you worked hard for it. And like I said, mentally, I, like, I've built the tolerance now to be able to get myself mentally prepared but physically, yeah. I don't reckon it would have been there, you know. So that's why, you know, I was sort of had to make that decision on the spot and, you know, it was a long decision as well. I was talking to the missus all week about it and I was thinking if I play... At least come back decent and then show people that I'm actually up for it. I'm just going to shut the talk down because I know I still wasn't 100%, you know. So that's, yeah, it took me, you know, two to three weeks to sort of think about, you know, what happened on um, Friday night or Saturday night last week. So. And so, what do you think? Because I feel like a couple of years ago, you probably wouldn't have had. Oh, well, a few years ago, you probably may not have had the experience to know. Sometimes it's actually better to take a step back than forward. You know what I mean? What What's taught yeah. you that over the last few years? Well, uh, it's just maturity, I guess. You, you, like as an eighteen-year-old, you know you can bounce back from. You know, I had like I've done a sinus mosis this week, and and you, you're not playing next. I was like, no bullshit! I want my matchy. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and you just jump straight on board, get everything sorted, and you bounce back quick. But now it's just like it takes a bit longer. Um, I've learned a lot about my body and what I need to do. And obviously, um, you know, it's 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 gradually just taking things, you know, step by step and learning to, you know, because I know for me, going over to America, it was teaching me a lot of things. Obviously, Bill Knowles is he's a great lad and he knows what he's talking about. And, you know, athletes can, you know, pretty much fuck up quick, you know what I mean? So mm. just about slowing that up and, and, and showing that, you know, my body needs to, you know, actually learn how to break, how to stop, how to get in positions, how to get out before I can go fast. And, you know, the doctor's going to explain a lot of stuff where around, you know, me being real slow and, and getting frustrated with because I'm such a, you know, I know I'm a 
power athlete and I can go fast and everything comes natural when I'm fast, but mm. slowing it right down, getting the processes right, getting strong in a position where it's a lot slower. Um, yeah, you can see the frustration built, but um, yeah, that's that's just the whole maturity, I guess, coming into NRL and, and then, uh, you know, and gradually just growing into the leader, into the person I am, uh, finding myself, uh, and yeah, it's just rugby league. It's, what's, it's the beauty of rugby league also. It brings the best out of people. Hey, mate, we'll, we'll, so get off the origin stuff, right, and just um, you mentioned the doco coming out, pushing boundaries. Uh, that comes out today, first episode. Yeah. I did, tell us quickly about your your trip to the states, um, the work you did on your injury, and with your yeah. with your doco, mate. What what can our listeners expect to see? Oh, just yeah, just with the first part, obviously getting out of my comfort zone, bro. Like oh, I'm real mad country boy. I'm through and through. Like oh, it took me a lot to move to Sydney as a young a young fellow and. Uh, for me to go from here to the Big Apple, you know, New York, Philadelphia, uh, you know, the big smoke, and, like, it was just—it was surreal, man. Like, uh, it's yeah. just like, well, I'm getting myself out of this comfort zone, you know, that I've never ever tapped into. You know, I'm always in a team environment, going overseas, or I'm always around the boys. It was just more getting selfish, being with myself, and and then going and obviously expressing, you know, the way I move, the way you know. And just training all them little things, little shapes that I'm making, and uh, you know, I showed on the weekend. I guess part of that run I did that was just all built mm. up from when I training, like just all them little short feet stuff, everything. And and what they're gonna see is just all the frustration built. Like I said, like I'm used to going fast, quick, powerful, and slowing everything down. Bill took it. I was like, I just wanted to punch him in the head because I was like, <laughs> I want to go fast. Mate, hundred percent. Um, now, last year, obviously, you missed out uh, on the grand final. Uh, and th- do you feel that this year, you know, the boys have done a really good job of, of fighting their way uh, into the eight? Do you feel that this year, yeah. it's even, I guess, not that you owe anyone anything, but like you're so important to that side. Was that also a big part of your your thinking right now? Uh, yeah. Was like, like you're a huge reason for it. Hundred percent, bro. You know, it was. Like, I let the team down, and I let myself down. Like, But that's the game of rugby league, and that's the learnings I've taken out of it. You know, Things happen in split seconds that you cannot change, and I don't want to go back and dwell on that because that's not the game. That's not what it's about. You know, you get to one week, you get to the next. That's the beauty about rugby league is worrying and focusing on the next week. Mm. But coming back to that, it's more, yes, I need to you know, show my teammates that I am, you know, I am ready to be here and be committed to these followers and, and ready to, you know, put the body on the line and ready to go. And that, I've always been like that, bro. And I've always committed to my teammates. And that's why, you know, I've stayed in the game so long because I love being around my mates. And, um, yeah, I just think that this big decision that I sacrificed to 
give back to the club, to my teammates, but also, you know, coming back to myself, bro, and just investing in myself and, and you know, not wasting that time that I had to blow it in one game, you know, and that's that's the reason around the whole process of this thing, bro, was just about mm. giving back and, and just investing back into myself, so... Yeah, and talk, mate, talking about the rabbits, like you've you've been involved in some pretty big matches in your career so far. Still a young man, but you've been named as captain for the Rabbitohs. Yeah, very, fir- very first yeah. time. Where does that stand for you in your career, mate? Well, that that's up there with grand finals for me, hundred yeah. um, percent. Yeah. you know what it's like, um, Cam. Like you've led for so long, but you've shown the way, and um, yeah, it's a great opportunity. It's, it's such an honour and a privilege, bro. Like I've never captained anything in any sport in my life, and. Mm, that's right. that's saying that's big things, bro. And uh, you know, I spoke to coach, and he rang me. That and I was jumping around, cooing, and uh, <laughs> you know, cuddling my missus. And it was just so important to me to be able to have this role. And I know that I've grown into, you know, had this responsibility chucked on me for you know so long, and I've grown into it. And to be honest, I had, I had no, um, you know, no choice really. And you know, to be able to be named to have the seat, you know, we Cam Murray is a great. You know, leader does leads by example, leads by action. Does all the one percenters, does everything right, and you know I'm just happy enough to be there beside him, helping him out, and uh, and just have that role also, bro. And it's such a privilege to do it at such a you know a, you know a foundation club, bro. And it's yeah, like I said, I hold it up there with one of you know my greatest achievements, and I cannot wait for tomorrow night. Are you, hey, mate, are you across the uh, the captain's challenge? <laughs> do, you know oh, when wow. to, do, you, do you know when to pull it out or not? <laughs> yeah, I told the front row to shut their mouth. But, uh, <laughs> but the big boys, yeah, no, look, right. Oh, obviously, it gives me an excuse to talk to the rest now, and I think they'll actually. like, oh, shit, he's actually Big dog. You've got a, a new clothing brand, mate, Winmara Clothing. Uh, walk us through how yeah, that come about. So pretty much uh, old boy um, used to work as an Aboriginal education officer back in, um, in you know, the last 17 years. He's been in his job at uh, my local high school in Chatham High, and um, that's in Taree. Um, but, yeah, just, just sitting in his office thinking about it, and obviously there's a story line behind Winmara, like our, our women as a tribe. You know, there's a whole story around it, and then obviously it means mountains, mountain people. Um, connection the country and that's what you know obviously my mob my tribe my heritage is about and it's about that but this is brand is all about not just an indigenous background it's all about bringing everyone together connecting them to what they believe in and you know their family their bloodlines and all of that that's what it's about it's not about you know this and that you know between splitting all this it's all about bringing everyone together connecting the country connecting what you are and yeah, that's how Winmara means mountains, and Winmar- and mountains are together. You know, they're together, they're stuck together, and that's how they look, and that's what the mm. logo. And obviously, the bull, my bull, I own a farm, I run a farm. Um, you know, I run about 26, seven, 26 to 27 head of um, Black Angus, and um, you know, I got my bull yesterday, so off um, old Russell Crow. It's been sitting up there for about five years, the old fella, but um, <laughs> yeah. So, so I, that's just the whole concept around it. And the bull obviously represents a strong animal. He's a, he's the leader of the pack. He, um, you know, out of the herd, and um, yeah, he's just a great um, symbol to have, you know, as as a, you know, an icon on on my brand. And um, that's just all it's about, man. It's about you know my farm and the things I love, and and then intertwining that with the brand so people can wear it and feel connected. And also seeing it at footy games, bro. I just want to see it at games. People wearing it, being proud to. They represent Winmara, and um, yeah, that's the concept around it. And um, it's got good traction, man. It's been good. People are loving it. And yeah, I'm starting off slow. I'm not like uh, you know, big foxy. Let's try it and all these things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
you know, watching that grow, and it's, it's such a great thing because it's one of the brothers, and um, yeah, I just want to, just, you know, it's not about all the money. I don't give, to be honest, I couldn't give, uh, you know, about the money. <laughs> <laughs> that connection, storyline, and, and just that, you know, that deeper story, and that's all it's about, boys. It's just uh, just sharing the journey, and that's what I love. Mate, thank you so much for joining us, Trell. I appreciate it, brother, and good luck on the weekend. Ah, uh, thanks, boys. Good on you, Trell. Legend, you, brother. brother. See you, mate. See you, Ruz. There he is. The great Latrell Mitchell. Nah, he's good, mate. Absolute legend. I mean, we forget it's such a short period he achieves so much in the game. Mm. Um, such a fan of Latrell. How, how good to hear the big fella. He seems like he's in he's extremely happy, good spirits. Yeah. He's happy. And I tell you what, a happy Latrell is a scary Latrell on the oh. field. Very scary. Yeah. Now, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to continue to preview the round. Welcome back to the Captain's Run oh, with Cameron Smith. Now no, we, we struggled have, to get back on air there. Honestly, I was going to call it quit, Smithy. I was going to say, let's knock it on the head. Let's knock it on the head because Snits have delivered the food and it's absolutely beautiful. Thank you to Snits down in Rabina. We appreciate you. Yep. Oh, man, that tastes good. so good. Now, let's get to the preview. Yep. We've got... Uh, well, the Knights are playing the Rabbits. The Knights are playing the Rabbits. About that. Yep. So, Big Trelly. What are you thinking? Look, I think the Rabbitohs get the job done and I think they get it done well, if I'm being honest. Yeah. They're playing... Um, yeah, they they're pretty good, and they, and Latrell looked good for his first game in a long time. Far out. Um, and and also, you know, we just mentioned he's he's been given the captaincy. Um, uh, yeah, look, I I think they'll get the win. I think they'll get the win. Uh, Jaden Braley, he's, he's been named on the bench first game this year. Huge in for the yeah, great great for him. He's, yep. he's 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 been very unfortunate with injuries over the last couple of years, and mm. great to see him back um, on on the uh, on the bench. Uh, Bradman Best named to return at centre as well after mm-hmm. that peck injury. Yeah, peck injury. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, a couple couple back for um, Newey, but obviously you know KP Caelan Ponga out um, on on duties mm. um, for Queensland. Yeah, look, I think South Sydney get this one. Yeah, look, I just think that the Rabbitohs they're going to be so buoyed by. Latrell's return. You yep. could see the energy. It wasn't just Latrell that played well on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Everyone played better. Cody Walker. Yeah, Cody. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. That, huge. That ball that was an inch behind a player last week mm-hmm. is now exactly where it needs to be. Yep. His pass for one of their first tries was incredible, Cody Walker, on the weekend. Yep. So I think... So we're the bunnies. I think the bunnies for sure. Yep. Now, next game is... West Tigers. Tigers versus the Parramatta Eels. Battle of the West. Look, I think this is going to be a tough night for the Tigers. Oh, because Parramatta Eels, we, we always know they bounce back, yep. usually after a, a loss. Yes. Uh, very underwhelming last week. Looked mm-hmm. like, I, I'm of the, of the mind, like, with the Eels, I, you're just not going to be able to pick them. They just got to, all they got to do is get themselves in the finals and then hope they go on a run. Because mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know if they're going to have it in them to go consistently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, look, Parramatta Eels, uh, we've got James Talmar returns for the Tigers. Uh, Alex Safar drops out of the side. Dewey mm-hmm. returns to the starting side. But interestingly... Again, not sure how true this is, but reports came out that he said, I'd rather play 5'8 in New South Wales Cup than centre in grade. Do he? Because he wants to he play wants to six, be a 5'8. Which is kind of, you know, yeah. it's a double-edged sword. You want your player to be that keen to play in a specific position. Yeah. I'm personally, I'm surprised the Tigers aren't going with Hastings Dewey moving forward because yes. that's the plan, should be the plan next year. Long term. Um, you know, anyway, so really interesting to see what goes on there. Um, mm. I'm, I'm thinking para. Thing in Para? Yeah, Parramatta. Okay. Mate. Parramatta get the win. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the Brizzy Broncos versus St. George Dragons. Now, oh, initially you had the Broncos. Go. But Smithy, are you telling me that you're going Dragons now? Well, when I seen when I seen the Dragons at two dollars sixty early in the week, I'm thinking, ooh, that is juicy. Juicy? Well, given the amount of players that the Broncos are missing due to origin, mm. Payne Haas injured. 
Kate Will out, Carrigan out, mm. Flegler. Flegler out. It's just, you know, it's there's uh, a Farmworth out. There's a lot. Okay. Don't don't do it to me, Smithy. Are Although, you gonna do it? Are you officially putting it in the Dragons to get the win? I'm not officially putting okay. it in. <laughs> not officially at all. <laughs> I was gonna say, the, the 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 thing that's on the Bronco side, um, which is clear, is that it's at home. Mm. It's gonna be a dry track. Yep. Um, nice and sunny up there at Suncorp. And I I did see the field a couple of days ago. Mm. Um, when the team assembled in Brisbane, immaculate. Really? It looks fast. It's a fast track. Oh, mate. How like, good. That fast is like when you scored four. Oh, wow. I mean, that's... That pr- fast. That's pretty well, fast. Well, no, you can run fast on that track. <laughs> Not anymore. Um, Do the hammy if I ran fast. Mm, I, look, you know what? For you, I'm going to go the Bronx. Yes, right? But this will be a tight one. Okay, okay. I'm going Bronx as well. We're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to wrap the show up. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Wide ass show. Make sure next week, tune in. We are reviewing the decider. Smithy, he's oh. he's going to review it for us. Yep. He's going to back up. He's going to do the hard yards. And also, thank you so much for all your texts, guys. We couldn't get to them all because we had such a chock block show, but we appreciate it. Keep texting in. Smithy, what are your tips? I've got Storm. Yep. Uh, I've got Rabbits. I've got Eels. Yep. And the only home side I'm tipping this week. Wow. Broncos, your boys better yes, get home. Let's go. They, they better will. get home. They won't let you down, Smithy. Okay. It's a new look Broncos. All right. New there look Broncos, mate. Good luck next week. Thank you. Good luck. Thanks, we'll Kempe. see you all next week. Thanks for listening. Listen on Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff, and we'll see you next week. See you guys.